just a bloke in a bar. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of Bloke in a Bar, brought to you by Bloke Beer, the best beer in all the land. Grab a case from your local easy drinking lager, and it's the beer of Australian sport. You haven't given a crack, give her a crack. Head, head into your celebrations, IGA Plus Liquor, Liquor Legends, Bottolo, you name it, independent liquor stores, stock bloke beer. If they don't have any, just ask politely, could you order some in, and they'll be able to get some in. Uh, yeah, give her a crack, guys, because trust me, a beautiful, easy drinking lager. Plus, we've got our mid-strength as well. Guru, mate, how was the weekend, buddy? It's good. I put away a few blokes on Saturday night. Uh, we're still talking about... <laughs> <laughs> bit of both, bit of column A, bit of column B. Okay, okay. Good hey, look, whatever floats your boat, Guru. Sure. 2023, baby. It's all love. It's all love. 24 yeah. as well, for those at home. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Timmy? Jeez, hard act to follow that one. Uh, mate. Aussie Open, went down to Melbourne for the weekend, watched a bit of tennis, mm. um, watched some balls being hit and it was good stuff. <laughs> what is going on? <laughs> Hammy. Yeah. Do you have any, uh, I guess, things that you could say that would imply other things? No, uh, no, I don't know if I've got any double entendres, but uh, actually, maybe, maybe. Because uh, <laughs> I'm getting very excited, very excited because we're only- Are we still talking about footy? Yeah, yeah, well, potentially. <laughs> I'm very excited because we're, we're only a couple of weeks away now, mm-hmm. of course, yeah. um, from the Sheffield Shield coming back. So uh, can't wait. Can't wait. Very excited. I'm going to try and keep it together for the show, but um, very excited at the moment. Watch some blokes whack a few balls around. Absolutely. Absolutely. He's, <laughs> he's hoping. Hey, uh, over the weekend, there was um, a little clip that went around uh, out of the uh, Could Be Anything Centre of Excellence <coughs> mm. um, regarding Timmy borrowing one of Matty's shirts uh, for Magic Round. I was wondering how long this was going to take to come last up. Last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and spilling beer all over it. Now, I, I actually went to the comments on Instagram here, but Timmy's been dodging me all weekend, so I thought I'd ask him on the show. Um, did you ring that shirt? back out into the jug that it was poured out of or did you just um, like a normal person just take the shirt off and, and give it a wash i did ring the shirt back out <laughs> into the same jug and then i went and poured maddie a schooner out of it so oh. yeah look i, I the story's 94 oh, i'm gonna say 99 percent true i i'm pretty sure i gave the shirt back I definitely went to Magic Round with one shirt. It did get dirty after one night. But I'm sure I gave it back. I don't know if I gave it back to you, but I definitely didn't keep it. So it might still be under the bed at the hotel. I mean, we're getting into boy who cried wolf areas Mm. because a lot of stories aren't adding up for you, Timmy. And it's not really, it's not looking good. It's not looking good. I'm seeing a pattern. I'm seeing a pattern. I'm seeing a pattern. Uh, I mean, what have you got to say for yourself? (laughs) And for people that haven't seen the clip, basically tell the story. And tell it truthfully with no, no misinformation in it, please. Well, firstly, I am who I am. And if you don't like that, you can deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> we last, I'd completely forgotten about this until the boys did a little show together last week. And I went to Magic Round, carried on the night before, as we all did. Shirt copped a few, a bit of spillage. How many shirts did you bring? Uh, well, it turned out to be one. <laughs> he didn't For bring a one shirt. He wore one shirt. <laughs> For a four-day footy and What beer. was in your bag? I just... My ba- oh, I must have made a bunch of shorts and pants. And <laughs> <laughs> big shorts guy. You're a big shorts, shorts guy. And Sun's out, guns yeah, out. Yeah, got a bit of spillage and Maddie, Maddie helped me out the next morning as we were off to do a show or something or other. And yeah, I went through all these really top-notch bloke shirts that, that he had with him, which is fortunate. But then I found, uh, what was it, a Ralph Lauren? 
a beautiful Ralph Lauren shirt and fit me like a, like a glove, pretty snug. So <laughs> end up wearing that one and apparently Matty never got it back. <laughs> <laughs> he walks out of the hotel that morning to meet his brother or something and Matty's sitting on the bed eating McDonald's, hung over his balls. He looks at me and goes, you took my best shirt. There <laughs> <laughs> was 30 shirts, you took my best one. <laughs> and for people listening, the reason why Matty had so many bloke shirts is because we're going to give them to people, oh, give yeah. them away. So it's not like there weren't options for Timmy. <laughs> But he went straight for the Ralph Lauren. Yeah. I mean, look, if you get a bit of cash, we know what you're going to be doing. You're going to be buying all the designer stuff. Well, mate, I ended up with a free Ralph Lauren. And I've, <laughs> <laughs> I've worn it the last 12 months every day that I haven't hung out with Maddie. Or <laughs> so I'm the real winner here. Oh, wow. Tactical genius. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, anyway, anyway, back to, uh, back to the normal program, programming <laughs> where we have integrity. We don't steal each other's stuff. And, um, and we don't spread misinformation. We don't spread misinformation. Uh, let's get into it, boys. Face and Music brought to you by our absolute legend partners at Sportsbet. Got some cool content coming up with Sportsbet. Cannot wait. Probably around the start of the season. Uh, so very excited for that. Uh, speak to me, Hammy. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, Face and Music, we're talking tennis tips today. We're talking uh, cricket. What day will the test match finish? Innovative new market we had at Sportsbet. For the first time, courtesy of Bloke. What a partnership. Just strength to strength. Cutting edge new markets. Uh, and then we're going to have a look at some BBL tips from the start. We're going to go back to the vault uh, and see. Some some people, a fair bit of egg on their face, I'd, I'd say. Uh, you know what's funny with BBL? It's like, I think that's actually also the name for a Brazilian butt lift. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> both both uh, acronyms everyone can get right and around. And blokes so. love both as well. That's right. That's right. <laughs> the, synergy, the synergies are endless. Uh, but we'll start with the tennis. We'll start with the tennis. Uh, Denon, not a big tennis guy, clearly. Uh, you had Dimitrov uh, to win the men's. You said you liked his speed and his backhand. So did unseated Portuguese player Nuno Borges, <laughs> who eliminated him in the third round. Uh, oh, you had, got the third round. You had Raducanu to win the women's. Uh, she was knocked out by China's uh, Yafan Wang in the second oh, round. Oh, Wang, she gets yeah. her every time. Yeah, ex exactly. Oh, Wang, uh, arch nemesis. Yeah, yeah. Done it again. We live and we learn. So zip from two on the tennis. Test cricket, you said day three at 2.54pm. More on this later. We're going to come back oh, to that. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Uh, Big Bash, you are alive still by by the absolute skin of it at this stage. Uh, you've got Brisbane Heat uh, to win the comp. They uh, We had another uh, Packer Up Boys derby, the domestic derby, the Heat versus the Sixers. Matty got up the other day, but you guys got another bite of the cherry. So Smoking mirrors, baby. We could see a Packer Up Boys derby in the final on Wednesday night. Packer Up Cup. Yeah, mate against mate, state against state, right here in the bloke's studio. <laughs> it's nearly as big as Origin, right? Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Well, you got the, the pink versus the, the blue as well, similar. Similar-ish, similar I guess. Yeah, Close I mean, enough. I'll go with you. Yeah. Uh, watch, watch this space anyway for Wednesday. <laughs> great to see the return of the Luke Cavell magic fingers too. Yeah. I haven't seen that in a while. That's, that's, that's great what, Hey, when I sit there and think about my cricket tips, that's what I do in my room. I go like that and I channel like Mr. Cricket yep. spirit. Because I've got the... The, the spirit of fucking lying in me. You watched that video I did a, fi a while ago. Anyway, that's yep. that's old content. OGs will know what yeah, I'm yeah. talking about. It's working for you. Keep it up. Keep doing it, I say. Uh, now, Guru. Now, look, I'm not going to sit here and dress you down after um, going after a bit of value for the tennis, mm -hmm. but uh, both of your 501 pops did get eliminated. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story. Storm Hunter, who was at 500 to one, um, she got through to the third round. Uh, yes, And correct. I thought, you know what? This will make great content. I'll Because I screenshotted her at 500 to one. Then I thought... I started to actually make the content of me talking about it. Then I thought, I'll check what she's at now. She's into the third round. She would, she might be into a hundred, even less. 
Still at 500 to 1. <laughs> Didn't change. Won three games of tennis. Nothing happened. Yeah. Well. She, uh, she's still alive in the mixed doubles and the women's doubles, which I thought you were alluding to when you did your tip, mate. Yeah, we'll that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Well, that's not how I saw it. So, uh, here's <laughs> out um, of those ones. Uh, cricket, yeah, day three at three at 3.20pm. Kempi was closer, so you're out there. Re uh, let's have a look at your big bash. You had Renegades and Dooley um, to be the top wicket taker. Those were pretty bad. Matt Short, you had, though, at 12 bucks to be the top run scorer. He's sitting on 522 runs. The next closest player still alive is James Vince at 244. So unless uh, Short makes a duck and Vince hits 180 in the final, uh, I'm prepared to CNN News style call no, that no. one early for you. No, no, no. Don't call it early. I'm backing Vince in. Okay. James right. Vince, I believe, it was about two or three tournaments back. I reckon in the semi and the final went back to back like 90s or tons. So he lifts to the big games. So I wouldn't rule right. That's uh, what I was thinking. That's exactly what I was thinking. The people have spoken, Guru, unfortunately. Uh, it's out of my hands. But $12 tip, I don't mind that from you. Love looking that. good. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Timmy, Timmy the tennis fan. Tim Henman over there. Um, <laughs> loves his tennis. Loves his tennis so much that he picked the favourite in the men's and the women's draw uh, to win. Surprise. False. False. <laughs> Neither <laughs> of those things are true, but so carry on. So they're still alive. They're still alive. Surprise, surprise. Uh, good thing he loves his tennis because uh, he knows nothing about cricket based on some of these tips he had. The, the Renegades to win the comp second last. Joe Clark to be the top run scorer. Not even in the top page. Of, of, uh, he got injured. Well... Didn't make enough runs, did he? Yeah. Yeah. Not durable enough. Yeah. yeah. And you had Tanvir Sanger to top the wickets, and he's also not on the first page there. So <laughs> uh, that's how you settled. And then what did you – oh, yeah, and you were 4.48 p.m. for the um, for the finish, so you're out there. Kempi was closer. Matty, uh, like Timmy, not a big cricket guy. Renegades, Philippi Meredith, no. Uh, not a huge tennis guy either. You had the Demon, who lost last night. Not all doom and gloom. He's got Sabalenka, though, still alive in the women's draw. And the big news for Matty, not that he uh, did any tipping around this, uh, his favourite, um, his home country, India, <laughs> for the first time in 35 years, an Indian tennis player knocked off a seeded player in uh, the Australian Open. So shout out to Sumit. Don't act surprised, Matty. He's yeah. like, oh, really? Really? Shout He's out. been crying all night with joy. <laughs> Shout out to Sumit Nagal, big fan of the bloke uh, content. So yeah, yeah. Sure I think he messaged me the other day, actually. Did he? Yeah, yeah. Saying, say hi to my, my brother, hey, Matty. Why, why hasn't Matty got a post out? That'd be <laughs> yeah. an yeah, yeah. player. Uh, so that's how that finished. And then me, seeing them like beach balls at the Australian Open. Medvedev uh, at $10 I had, still alive. And uh, Barbara Krachikova, <coughs> 67 bucks, knocked off Storm Hunter. Uh, so spoiled the party for Guru as well. Spencer Johnson, still a live chance uh, as the top wicket taker in the Big Bash. $27 tip there, Kempi, if you don't mind as well. Yeah, yeah not bad. Um, and here's the one I wanted to bring back to the, the team. I had the game to finish on day two at $41 oh, at 6pm. So obviously the game finished on day three. But it finished an hour into day three. So as the crow flies time-wise, <laughs> oh, am I up. closer to when the game finished? <laughs> now, this is a democracy here, a bloke. Um, I'm not going to go Kim Jong-ham here and, and just give the, the point to myself. I want to put it to these three who are impartial parties here. Um, who who should up. the point go to? Kempi was 2.48 p.m. 2.54 p.m. 2.54 p.m. So he's already trying to like change the numbers up, even though that would make me closer. But yeah, you just move yourself closer away, so well done. <laughs> 2.54 p.m. day three, 6 p.m. day two. Game finished an hour into day three. Um, we'll start. Matty, who's your vote for? Ken, pure myself. Denon got the day right. Uh, Hammy, you got it wrong, so no, I'm giving it Mate, to Denon. You, you're a pretty smart fella at times, Hammy. I hate to say it, but you are. Thank but you. You, you've really had an amateur move today. If you'd brought this up at the start of the show, you'd probably get my vote. <laughs> but true. after just obliterating me for the last 10 minutes, I'm going to Kempi. I didn't obliterate you. I deal in facts around here. And <laughs> it's, it's, it's called politics. You've got to sometimes wheel and deal. You do. You do. Uh, 
Good. I like the two eat ass over here. I'm going to go. Honey. Oh, yeah, good man. Because I respect someone that chases value. Oh, my man Timmy don't get along to What a fucking cuck. You, your guy, <laughs> took his Storm Hunter out in the tennis yeah. and then he comes and backs you in. I respect it. Oh, yeah. my God. Your, value is, hunters. Is your uh, value hunting long shot the beat Storm Hunter still alive? Yeah. Ooh, like that. Yeah. So does that change you? Well, no, it's still 2-1, so okay. Kempi Well done, Kempi. So there were slim pickings today, but it's a 1-0. It's Everyone else got no points. You've got one uh, this week, so you're the winner. Well done. Well played. Thank you. Thank you. Because we're, we're, we're in the depths of off-season, but we're actually in my peak season, which yeah, is yeah. cricket. <laughs> yeah. I was, very, I was this close to taking a, a point off you for calling me a cuck, but I'll let, I'll let it ride. This no, week. no. I, <laughs> called, I called Guru a cuck. Oh, okay. That's fine. Well done. Well done on your win. <laughs> <laughs> I've been called worse by prettier, Kempi. You know what's, you know what's crazy is I've actually never called someone a cuck before. It just came miss. out. It just came out. How did it feel? I don't know. It felt kind of good. <laughs> it felt kind of good. Um, anyway, it is what it is. Yep. Now, speaking of getting cucked, uh, rule changes. <laughs> <laughs> what a segue. Because Broncos, we dropped out and got two points scored against us in the grand final and we lost by two points. <laughs> oh, clip that up. <laughs> All right, uh, let's talk about this a bit on Packer Up, boys, but we'll get into it with the boys here. Amendsment for 2024 season, contested rate restarts. If a team kicks a ball out on the full over the touchline or the ball fails to travel at least 10 metres forward in an attempt to contest a restart from the goal line, 20 metre line or halfway line, play will now restart with a play the ball 10 metres out from the line of the kick and 10 metres in from touch rather than with a penalty kick change will give more incentive for teams to attempt the short uh, kickoff or dropouts. <clears throat> now, last week, NRL Physio put up a post, conspiracy theory, basically saying, I think that may what else would have gone into the NRL's thinking was the, uh, I guess, the kick returns. So to reduce the chances of head knocks, because on kick returns, there's an increased likelihood <laughs> of a head knock. Uh, and then a few days later, the NRL came out and confirmed the conspiracy theory that that did come into their thinking. Uh, anyway, with that, that all out of the way, Bru, what do you think about the rule changes, mate? Yeah, I don't love it. Uh, I think that, you know, I've always been, I've always liked short dropouts more than you guys have. We've spoken about it a bit over the last year or so. Uh, but I, I still think that there needs to be a punishment for screwing up a short dropout. And at the moment, I really don't think there is. Um, you know, play the ball 10 metres out, you get your defensive line set. Uh, you know, I spoke about it last week. In a weird way, on your trial lines, it's the easiest spot to defend. You're not on the back foot. Your fullback's in the front line. You've got an extra defender. You don't have to uh, go back as far as well. You don't have to go back as far. Communication's key. You've got your markers that are closer to you than what they usually are in the field of play. So well, also, it, it, usually it, you have one marker instead of two. So you've actually got the fullback in the line and an extra marker in the line. It, it yeah. says it all when they get a penalty on the line, kick for touch, and they kick it back 15 metres from the try. Yeah, so exactly right. The, uh, yeah. So if I'm a good footy side like Penrith, I am kicking short every day of the week. The chance I get the ball back. If I don't, I get to defend in the best possible spot mm. that I can. So from that perspective... I don't like it. I do think, though, that off the back of this, it will be interesting. I think I'm keen to see how teams react to this. Mm. There'll be a lot more short kickoffs, which means that the configuration of where people stand to receive the ball will change, which will also create a lot of space elsewhere. And I'm keen to see how your Adam Reynolds, your Nathan Clearys, these sort of guys. I think everyone's expecting them all to be short kicks all the time. I reckon they'll start to shoot for the sideline. Tell you a what, bit more as well. I'm jealous. Could have got lifted up by me jocks like the well, rugby well, yeah. Oh yeah. I could have. I could have. Yeah. That, I think, will we see that? A few people suggested in the comments, and I straight away went, no way. And I still don't think you will, but it's interesting. Like, 
why, I guess, why wouldn't you? Like, when you think about it. I don't think you'd get as high as, like, a big tall winger leaping onto it, would you? Because like, they're jumping off the ground. Oh, I don't know. Like, if you're jumping and you, your vertical leap yeah, is, maybe. what, like, 75 centimetres, and you're, you're getting at least 75 and you're more stable... Because, like, you get hit yeah. by that winger, you're going to be way more you'd stable. You'd have to, you'd with have to be tough being that bloke, getting sent up when you can just blokes come from everywhere to yeah, tell you. Jam, yeah. And you're just like, oh. But that's where, oh, as well, like, like we... do, do you start, like, do teams have, I guess you could call them set plays for this, where, you know, if you're a right footer, tends to be easy to do those kicks to the left side. Like, mm. if I'm South Sydney and I'm doing that to the left side, do I tell Campbell Graham, hey, we've got a drop out? Come over to this side. Mm. And then so also, we the do we back? do we dummy one side and quickly go to the other side? Yeah. Like it's not a people are like, oh, it's a small change. I think it's quite a it's a quite it's a, a big change. change. Yeah, yeah. And, and if I'm receiving the ball and I know they're going to go short, like I want to have key guys in those right spots. So you'll have, yeah. So if you have a guy that manages to be able to do it on both sides, which there aren't too many of in league right now, you know, if if you're on a team that's lucky enough to have a right footer and a left footer. And you're setting up and they've got their best jumpers over there and you go to the other side. Like, I reckon there's going to be a lot of interesting things that are going to come out of this. But I don't like that there's no punishment for mm. it. I think it's got a huge potential to be a massive time waster as well, which there's no doubt whatsoever. Coaches will try and utilise that. Um, and the kickoffs, I get where the NRL is coming from safety-wise, but it just changes the fabric of the game for me, which mm. is what I hate. And the thing that shits me is that We'll get to grand final week, and you know what the NRL is going to advertise grand final with? Sam Burgess and James Graham fucking smashing each other off a kickoff, yeah. which is what's going to frustrate me a little bit. Um, yeah, I, I don't like it. I understand why the NRL's done it, but I am at the same time excited to see how teams respond to it. Timmy, I don't think the, I don't think it's going to have a massive impact on kickoffs. I could be wrong, but like teams are always going to want to defend and have their opposition team on their ten or their twenty. <laughs> when they're chasing points, particularly late in games, they're going to go short anyway. So, like, there'll be impact and it'll be more frequent, but I don't think it'll change too dramatically. It'll be all around the, the line dropouts. And initially looking at it, like, I like the positive intent from the NRL to make a change around making the game more exciting and more entertaining and more contests. Like, it's, it's a positive move in that sense. It, you know, the game is entertainment at the end of the day. But it just devalues skills to me so much, which I really hate, starting with, you know, there's been a lot of talk around forced dropouts. The ability to get a forced dropout is such a difficult and such an important skill in the current game. And now you get it and it turns into almost a 50-50 contest. Look, it might be, what, 60-40 in favour of the team receiving the ball. I don't know the exact percentages well, over the Just to further that point, grand final, it was four repeat sets to zero from Penrith. Yeah, there and that's go. like the difference. Yeah. So it devalues that for me. It devalues, you know, rewarding the players that are good at nailing short dropouts because they're so hard to do. And you should be rewarded for when you, you still will be rewarded, but you're not punished, as Guru said, for when you screw it up, which really annoys me because it, it is such an important and key part of our game. I just can't believe that there's no punishment for it. I, I would have thought at the very least, if they were going to do this, they'd make a seven tackle set. So they go, all right, you can go for it. You know, it's not, um, not going to cost you a penalty and two points and therefore it happens a lot less frequently. But you're going, you are risking giving them an extra tackle at your line. It'd only be small, but you're still being punished if you screw it up. And then for the blokes that do nail it, they're being rewarded for taking that risk and getting it. Even if it was a seven tackle set, I agree with you. Obviously, it's worse than a six tackle set. But still, for me, the, the punishment doesn't equate. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Yeah. Like, but at least it'd be something. It'd be something. Yeah, yeah I yeah. agree. Yes. 
it's just the thing I don't like about it as well is that you know, players have built I wouldn't say careers, but like the short kicking game now is kind of like like yeah okay you can do short kicks and score tries off them, but mainly short kicking is about repeat sets like it really is like how how regularly do we really see short kicking score tries? What do you reckon? Three or four a weekend, maybe? And this is just off the top of my head. Maybe there's more. How many repeat sets do you see on a weekend? Like fucking 20, 30, maybe? And like, depending on how this plays out, and if you're going up against a team that is very good at these short dropouts, could it get to the point where you're better off just handing the ball over a metre out? Yeah, and just jam. And just jamming into a corner? Yeah, yeah maybe. It's probably gain more advantage. Because they're going to get so good at them that, like I'd, I said, there'll be numbers out there, but if it's 60, 40, whatever it is now, it'll get to a point where it becomes 50, 50, or whatever it might be. It could get to a point where they get so good with it that they just have your Campbell Graham or whoever the lanky dude on the team is going up and just batting back every time. It might be more that like it could swing in the favour of yeah. the kicking team. So I think it will. Yeah, I think it will because if you're the receiving team, you've still got to have guys spread across the field in case they go long or whatever mm. it might be. Like you'll have teams that'll be stacking an edge to try and get it. All they have to do is get a tap back and you're on again. Mm. Well, like, look at the grand final Broncos. Exactly they right. scored a try off it. Mitch Kenny scored a try off yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, you end up winning the grand final by two points. But now, obviously now, because they know it's coming all the time, you just station blokes there. They're going to fly through, they're going to tap it back, and then but they'll have three blokes there to cover, obviously, to cover that. Mm. Yeah. So, And I just don't think, I personally don't think that the defending team should be rewarded for being dominated. Like the attacking team has dominated them, oh, yeah. got them down into their end, and then they go, oh, doesn't matter, boys, like, if repeat sets for us are almost like, yeah, okay, for sure, we may not land the the um the short kickoff, but at the same time, it's just like, yeah, okay. You know, the other thing is too with this, like I remember this time last year, we were sitting here going, hold on, the new rule is you have to defend with both feet on the try line. Mm. And then we just sort of forgot about it. And it never happened and no one ever caught anything. You can't avoid this. No. Yeah. If it doesn't work in the first two weeks, there's no ignoring this. Mm. <laughs> it changes the fundamentals of the game. And, and then, I'm actually, Timmy, I actually think they, a lot more teams will Kick off short off the kickoff. Yeah. Because. Probably the same logic. Go tap it back. Well, you, you tap it back, but also like, okay, like let's say we were speaking about this on Friday. Let's say you're playing the Panthers and you go, oh, I don't want to give Panthers field position. But then it's like, Panthers are already dominating when we kick it long anyway. Yep. So why not just have us give us a chance to get the fucking yep. ball back? Um, Amy, what do you reckon, mate? Well, I, I reckon uh, <coughs> I saw a little tweet doing the rounds over the weekend. Um, 2015, Broncos lose grand final in Golden Point. 2016, NRL changes finals extra time format. 2023, <laughs> Brisbane lose grand final by two points after giving away dropout penalty, which penalty kicked a penalty goal from. 2024, NRL abolishes dropout penalties. <laughs> National Broncos League. <laughs> That's from the Rugby League report there. I think a good point made well. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could look at it the opposite way that, you know, we would have won those finals if the rules were brought in earlier. <laughs> so it's actually oh. anti-Broncos oh. and we've got the establishment against us, which is understandable. We, you know, we're Queensland. You know, we always know the NRL love New South Wales more than Queensland. We get it. We yep. get it. We're just a little boy that could. Yep. The, we are just battling our way up there in Brisbane, just trying to make ends meet. Yep. And the, the establishment's trying to hold us down. So that's the way you can yep. look at it. Well, is there another rule that you would like to see changed this year? So if somehow Brisbane lose a tight one at the end of the year, we can go back to this episode, <laughs> go back to the clip and go, oh, can't be actually called for that one there. Yeah, or, okay. or do we wait and react again to see? <laughs> <laughs> uh, look, 
I think that I'd have to have a think about that. Okay. But we're not here to make excuses at the Broncos. Yep. We've been copping this for years, mate. Oh. So Kemp's always wanted the salary cap abolished, so <laughs> there's one. I've always felt sorry for you uh, Broncos fans. I don't know how you do it. Mate, look, you guys can try and change rules all you want to hold us down. We'll still be the mighty Brisbane Broncos. So it's okay. It's okay. Um, hopefully Tigers can actually get in the finals and look at the rules there. That's just uncalled for. <laughs> it's not necessary at this point of the season. What rule would you like so they could actually make the finals? Um, every time Tigers score a try, it's worth two tries. <laughs> <laughs> Implemented as of right now. That'd be great. Um, Clip that up. <laughs> <laughs> Clip it. Uh, have you got a mic, Matty, or not? Um, yeah, so... Oh, and I think, as, I think as well, like, I am all for making the game more exciting, but... Okay, so I guess the, the implication here from the NRL is we're trying to make the game more exciting. I find teams defending their line set after set exciting. It's like, what is your definition of exciting? Mm. Their definition seems to be as many tries as possible. But that's not rugby league. Like, that is not, that's touch footy. If you want to see try after try, that's touch footy. Rugby league, the thing that separates rugby league from nearly any other sport, I said this last Friday, is the toughness physically and mentally. It's like, yes, it's a skillful game. Is it as skillful as soccer? No, it's not. But the separation is you've got 17 blokes that are extremely mentally tough and physically tough. There's a lot of people that are, have the ability to play rugby league or NRL. But what separates them is the NRL players just seem to be a bit more mentally tough and a bit more physically tough. And like stuff like this, the flow of the game just increases so much. I mean, I feel like, did we not learn our lesson a few years ago when we had the six again rule, then we made, and it was it looked good, and then we made more rule changes, and then the game all, almost turned into touch footy and we were all going, geez, always, let's bring it back. We finally reel it back in, and then we make another rule change heading into the new year. It's like, did it need to happen? I don't, I just... Was anyone calling out for this to happen? There's nothing better than a side, you know, putting four repeat, set, repeat sets in a row because they've controlled the ball that whole time. They've, you know... They've stayed patient. They haven't gone for a big crossfield kick or a big long cutout ball. They've they've gone in. They've, they've grabbed in behind the line. Got that repeat set. They go. We'll build pressure. We'll build pressure. Even if we don't score, we'll tire you out. Such a big part of the game. And then on the flip side of that, as you said, Kempi, there's there's nothing better than watching a team defend four sets on their line in a row and going. They are so resilient. That is so impressive. Uh, and going. All right, teams going. All right, if we can go three, four sets in a row, they will break because we know they're not good enough to hold it all these important things. And now we're going to to see with the short dropouts, the ball turned over very quickly. And it said, it's still going to play a big part in our game. There's still going to be a lot of kicking behind the line for repeat sets, but there's no doubt that it has devalued that skill in our game. Massively. And also, I don't find short dropouts exciting. Even when my team's the beneficiary and, and gets the ball back, I'm not sitting there going, whoa, how good was that? It's messy. It always looks like the ball's bouncing everywhere. Bodies are flying everywhere. What I do find exciting is you're in your second set and Paddy Carrigan's just made an incredible cover tackle, chopped some bloke just before he hit the line and you're going, holy shit, what a, what a play, what a move. Like, yes, we are still going to get that. I'm not pretending like that's not going to happen. But are we going to get four, five and six sets on our line anymore? Probably not. Like, it'll, it'll, like <clears throat> let's say we do, they get two sets. Eventually, they're going to land that short kick that they get the ball back. Like eventually, and I, I highly doubt they're going to have four or five attempts at that short kick off and not get the ball back at one one point. So yeah. basically, you're almost guaranteeing yourself that we're never going to see—not never, but most likely not going to see a lot, if you know, very minimal amount of repeat sets. It might be two, 
by the third one, they're going to nail that short kick off and get it back, which is just is, – it's a part of their game that I love watching. And I hate all the rules currently are they're against short kicking games. Like I personally think if you kick the ball dead from five metres out trying to force a repeat set, a seven-tackle set, I think that punishment is too harsh on our game. And you're already seeing halves that are easing away from doing that. Like I always think back to that – 2013 um, grand final where Michael Jennings scored that unbelievable try where James Maloney is trying to get it as close to the dead ball line as he could because that seven tackle set punishment wasn't there and how exciting that was and how good that moment was. And James Maloney had the balls to do that in that moment. But now you've got guys, like halves aren't willing to do it. They're not willing to take the risk. And now they're like, fuck, even if I do get it exactly right, I probably get punished anyway. Yeah. We probably lose the ball. Yeah, it's... um. Look, it's not like the end of the world. I'm sure we all agree. Like, it's not like, ah, oh, footy's dying or whatever. But, and some people say, oh, well, you know, um, you know, people had the problem with the six again rule. I actually liked the six again rule when it first came in because, and there's a difference. <clears throat> there's not a single person that's watched rugby, watches rugby league. Oh, they might be single. But barely anyone watches rugby league and enjoys the wrestle. Like, no one sits there and goes, oh, man, he held him down for an extra two and a half seconds. How good was that? <laughs> So that rule change was trying to attack that, the rest of the game. This rule change, I, there was not a single person that was going, you know what, I hate it when, def- when teams defend their line, you know, three or four or five times in a row. Or I hate it when Nathan Cleary has the ball on an absolute string and is just getting repeat, repeat, repeat. Like the, the tension is building. Every single repeat set, the tension builds and builds and builds and builds. And then once the... The, the gridlock is kind of open, whether it's the defending gets the ball back, all the boys are up and about, or they score the try and everyone's up and about. I just, the only thing that I can think of is, is that the, the kick, kickoff return has played a far more significant role in this decision than we give it credit for. That's the only reason I could see why this, because I have never seen a comment over the last four or five years saying, man, I wish dropouts would get sorted. Never. Imagine seeing like someone like one of the best short kicks in our game, Adam Reynolds do a short drop out. It goes eleven meters. It goes twenty meters in the air. It's just brilliant. Uh, they Broncos don't get the ball back from it, and the other team are attacking ten meters out. And you're like, all right, that's it. it. Goes out the other end five minutes later, and a lesser kicker hits it. They shank it off the side of their foot. It goes out by ten meters, or it goes backwards, whatever it might be, and it's like it's the same result. Yeah, yeah. You'd be sitting there going, like, how is this a thing? Yeah, it's. I felt like what's so frustrating is is that we'd gotten the game in such an incredible spot. And I, I don't think that this was going to make the game not incredible, but it was like, just leave it. Just leave it. It's, it's incredible right now. You're almost rewarded for screwing it up because then you're, as Guru you're said, like they're attacking 10 metres out, not a bad place to defend from. You're set, you're moving off line speed, off the play, the ball or the tap, whatever it is. You're seriously rewarded. Well, I mean, it's a, depending on like how quickly, maybe the ball boys will be teed up to be ready to go to yeah. put the ball in. But let's say they aren't. What's to stop someone going, I'm going to belt the hell out of this ball and give my team 40 seconds rest. 100%. Absolutely jam the next bloke that takes this hit up. Imagine if it's at the back end of the game and, you know, you're up by two points. A minute or so left, you can wait your 40 seconds, kick the shit out of it, put it out of the grandstand. Yeah. Then they have to have a play the ball from directly in front with your entire set. Like, Fully it's rested. Just, yeah. And you yeah, only it's need... Gonna happen. You, like these, these guys are so fit that you only need, guys and girls are so fit, you only need about 40 to 60 seconds to essentially be ready to go, like fully recovered. Thinking entirely out loud here, so it might not work, but and it'll never happen because rugby league hates quick taps. But if we're looking at trying to punch it in some way, we say it could be like, all right, if you screw it up and the, the, um, 
the attacking side get in position quick enough, they can quick tap. So you're all off your line. They can go at you and essentially turn it into an attacking advantage because you've screwed it up. Again, the NRL don't let you do a quick tap off your own 20-metre line, let alone yeah. or your 10-metre line. So they won't do it 10 metres out of line because it will bring up too much uncertainty, but something like that. Yeah. Or even like if you if you kick it out on the full on a dropout, it doesn't make a huge difference. It'll probably help a little bit. Maybe if you got to choose where you play the ball in that half, yeah, from the ten to, to forty. Or yeah, if you wanted to, at least you could. You know, you could take your first play of the ball on the forty meter line, which will sound bizarre to people. But you want to get the defense on the back foot. Mm. That's where you can sort of. Okay, it's it's hard to score when you're on the try line because you like you have to get so deep, and there's there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah, it's uh yeah well look yeah teams like defending on their line more than yep. you know because as you just said if you start the your set on the thirty meter line you've got two or three tackles to get a quick play of the ball to therefore go at them. Whereas on your line, very rarely, unless obviously you get a quick play of the ball. But if I've got two or three metres to get back, even if you get a quick play of the ball, if I'm on, you know, engaged in the game, I'll be able to get back and bounce back. Whereas if I'm in the middle of the field, I'm screwed. Like I'm yeah. sprinting back. Yeah. And if you, I was talking to a um, referee on the weekend and they said to me, if you actually watch sets of six that are within the 10 metre, well, like the way that referees sort of dictate to some extent what's going on in the tacklers you know the, the timing sort of works out that all you guys get back on side you have one or two seconds then you sort of go whereas on the try line all the guys are already set yeah so it's sort of like sets of six on your try line tend to go for a little bit longer because these guys are smart enough to hold up for an extra second or so yeah then go to ground and then so it just it like sets of six from 10 meters out are completely different to 40 meters out. yeah it all changes yeah the other one they said like oh you know they always run rule changes by, you know, important personnel in the game, the players, the coaches and that. I'm really – and they said, oh, you know, it was well-received in the statement. I find it hard to believe that it was really well-received by all the, the players involved and coaching staff. Yeah, unless they're all just thinking about like, – unless they're all just thinking about, oh, mad, like we won't have to defend our line. Like, because yeah. it's like repeat sets are the hardest physical thing. So maybe they're going, how good, we'll be yeah. able to – but – then you're not thinking about, well, you're going to have to do that when you're attacking. Wouldn't it have been great, like, round 27 of 2023, there was two games that featured teams that were completely out of the top eight. Um, there was the Broncos and Melbourne game that rested all their players and had no real outcome on the result. Great to see it implemented in some of those to have a look at. Yeah, Maybe not the Melbourne-Brisbane game, but definitely the other two. Yeah. Like, like, I look at the Manly Seagulls, and only from, like, a super coach point we remember – but over the last three weeks of the season, they played three teams that were out of the top eight. Would have been great to test it in that yeah. little period yeah. there. But even like New South Cup, Q Cup, yep. trials, anything that's not NRL off the bat. in the NRL off yeah. the bat. Um, so, yeah, look, we'd love to hear you guys' thoughts in the comments. Let us know. Do you love the rule change? Do you think it's going to make it more exciting? Are we going to see all these new tactics used and every single dropout now becomes a contest? So you're sitting there going, oh, wow, like look at this new way they're doing it or, or whatever. I was just thinking as well, if you happen to be in Las Vegas in a field that's also five metres thinner, oh. brace yourself. You'll be catching balls in the oh my God. first and second row. Um, yeah, so, look, I, I will say this, though. The game is in such a good position, maybe we just have to give them a little bit of trust yep. that eventually, whether this is the right call or the wrong call, they'll eventually steer the ship in the right direction that we hope it is. Because although... When the six again rule came in, I loved it, but then I thought they went way too far with it. They reined it back in, and I feel like we've found a really good balance. So we have to trust that the NRL will, history would suggest, 
they'll find the good balance, at least this administration. Yeah, and I think that there, there will be positives that come out of this. I think there will be entertaining positives that come out of it. Uh, so there are things that I'm looking forward to watching, but just as a whole, I'm not convinced on it. Like we had arguably the greatest grand final of all time. When you see that, that product be delivered, you go, don't touch it, baby. Mm. Don't yeah. touch it. And then you come in and you go, oh, we're going to actually touch off. Every single restart in the game is now changed. It's actually, it's weird, like trying to find stats as far as how many force dropouts team had throughout the year. It's actually weirdly hard to find. But I I would say based on what I looked at, that each team averaged about two force dropouts per game throughout the year. Penrith in the last two weeks had seven. Like that doesn't just show you what finals footy should be about. And that's what I want it to be wonder. I wonder how this will impact Penrith going forward. Because yeah. their game is built on building pressure. Um, you know, will a team like, you know, with all jokes aside, will a team like the Broncos that just loves to attack, 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 go mad? Like, we, we'll, we'll score 40 points and let you score 22 points. Mm. But we don't have to deal with the pressure that you build. We're, we're, it's almost catered to what we do. Yep. Uh, that is good. I mean, but, you know, like Penrith are such good operators. I'm sure that, you know, by around three or four, them in the storm, They'll have the best systems for it, possibly. I'd love to hear the thoughts of someone like Nathan Cleary or Adam Reynolds on this. Mm. Yeah, to see whether they're like, nuts, nah, mad, yeah. or going, oh, this is actually a part of my game that I've been yeah. l- literally working on my entire career. Well, I feel like Adam Reynolds kind of has been working on this his entire career. Like pe- People bag him for what happened in the grand final because he kicked it out on the full and whatnot, but he did that because he's been practising that sort of shit for years. And you I know? think in Reynolds' defence, although I do believe in that last 20, there was... Uh, there was quite a few of the, the Bronx boys that should have made decisions that were a bit more conservative. Mm. But in their defence, their whole season had been That's attack, attack, are. attack. Exactly like, right. We are going to go at you from everywhere. So to expect them just to roll into a grand final and go, oh, we're going to start playing conservative, it's like that's not what got them to the dance. Even with all that being said, I do think when they're up by 18 points, um, they should have gone, boys, kick – this is not a normal game. Yes, we got here using these tactics. This is a grand final. Yep. 20 minutes, we're kicking corners and we're just belting them. That's it. No spreading of the ball. Anyway, that's done and dusted. It's also, like, <laughs> it's also what the Brisbane Broncos have been built on. It's what made you famous for so long that you were the best attacking side out there. Yeah, well, just a, a, yeah, just like that, that pleasure to watch. Yep. Like Steve Renoff from the back of his own fields running 80 metres. Like everyone remembers those iconic uh, images. So, yeah. I don't think I'm not thinking they're like, oh, this is the end of rugby league at all. It's just, I just wish that we go, okay, we're in such a good spot. Let's just head into 24 like, like this. If you're playing Penrith week one, for example, what, how do you approach this? Do you, like, I, I don't want to give Nathan Cleary any short dropouts. I know he'll make me pay for it, but fuck, do I want to just keep handing the ball over to them a metre out? I know I can't stop you coming out of your own end. It's, it's going to be interesting to see how it does yeah. work with those top sides. Yeah, like, uh, the way I see this is that this is in a way, because the only way you beat Penrith is they don't have the ball. If they have the ball, they're going to beat you most likely. So you've got to go short because you've got a chance of getting the ball back and they don't have it. Yeah. That's, that's the, I guess, yeah, that's the only way I'd see that most clubs will look at it. But you know, every club will have a kind of different tactic. But I am interested to see how much it impacts Penrith because yeah. they're such a pressure side. Sometimes you watch Penrith and you go, yeah, these guys actually aren't that, like all the, all the hype around them, it's... It's a bit much for when you watch them play because they're very structured. But by the 70th minute, you're going, holy shit, they're ahead by, you know, 20 or 16. Yeah. Like, how the hell did that happen? They're not setting the world alight with crazy, you know, ball playing. You know, the ball playing is really good. But you know what I'm saying? The set pieces aren't, like, blowing your mind. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be interesting to It'll see how they It'll be good are. to see, like, week one, 
the tactics that coaches come out with and just how it changes over. Yeah. Like just see who it works for early and who because it like it it's a copycat league. It always has been. Yeah. Whoever it works for, everyone will follow the same process. Yeah. yeah. Keen to watch how it all adapts and everything. And like they've said, the idea is to create more contests and if they do they use the word like excitement and all that around contests. Oh the so idea is entertainment though, right? And contests in the air. Base like basically. Yeah. But you're going to see less attacking sets attacking the try line and a lot more coming out off your own end. I don't know. I cannot wait to see after a long stint out of the game and this change what Des Hasler comes in with. Yeah, that's going to be, be cool. anything. Yeah. <laughs> Genuinely could be anything. I can't wait to see uh, if this rule change gives the Panthers the edge they finally need to beat the Tigers in Bathurst. <laughs> <as well. laughs> um, can't wait for that one, May 8th, so... <laughs> Maybe they changed it because the Tigers are so dominant in Bathurst. Yeah. And they had more pizza. Unbeatable. The regional New South Wales specialists. What can we do to even it up a little bit? <laughs> Maybe that was the uh, the catalyst. Anyway, they we'll watched wait. that rainy game, which is usually a grindy game. Yeah. We'll wait and see. Okay. We'll see. Happy Coruscant. He's quite crafty around there. He is. He's literally sink or swim out there. <laughs> yeah. uh, now, time for Mosh's bounce back. Uh, here is this week's bounce back brought to you by Mosh. Now, I'm going to let the boys take this one away. It was a huge bounce back. Now, look. I yep. know as a cricket guy myself, I would be usually the one leading the charge here, but yes. because I am such a benevolent leader, mm -hmm. I'm going to allow the boys to, to give your bounce back presented by Mosh this week. I love how you delegate and share so much. It's very, very, <laughs> a great leader. This is what great leadership is sort of made of. Le leading is serving. It is. Leading it is. is serving. Well, Timmy and myself, we're going to go with the Adelaide Strikers, mm. and uh, we've got a couple of standout players from the Strikers. So they've actually won their last five games to storm into the Big Bash finals. Uh, they won the Eliminator against Perth in Perth. No mean feat, uh, as you would know, Kempi. Huge, huge. <laughs> and uh, the bloke for me, who's really helped turn it around, they, they changed their tactics. They've gone with... They've basically got four spinners in their in their attack now. Super smart. Very smart. And for the last two games, we saw it twice at Marnie Oval. There was smoke billowing out of Marnie Oval. Mm. And then again at the furnace, smoke billowing out of the furnace at Perth there uh, because Lloyd Pope is back in the team, baby. And uh, two man-of-the-match performances in a row, four for 20-odd, <clears throat> sort of in both games after not playing any big bash uh, for any club for, you know, a year or so. Uh, so Lloyd Pope, for me, has bounced back with a vengeance. Um, and he's been a key man for him, Timmy. Jake Weatherald, uh, batting at number three, falling at the moment, a veteran of the game, of all different formats, a star of the past. His last few seasons have been horrific. I personally have to put my hand up and say that I thought he was done in the, uh, the short format and Big Bash and whatnot. They've lost, what's made it more impressive is that they've lost, you know, key guys like Overton, like Chrissy Lynn to other tournaments for the finals. Jake Weatherald comes in, he's lost 13 big bash knocks, leading into his recall into the side. He had one score over 17 in 13 knocks. He's come in and his three knocks have been 56 off 32, 47 not out of 31, 80 not out of 32. Three of the best knocks you'll see, revived his career and... I'm so happy to see because he seems like a legend of a bloke. And when he's on, which is at the moment, one of the most exciting cricketers in Australia. There you go. Brought to you by Mosh. Any, any comments on that, Rue? No, I agree with everything Tim said. I, I don't know <laughs> why. He, I don't know why. He's a terrible tipper in cricket. <laughs> yeah, he is actually. He is. But, uh, he's just stating facts. There's no tips here. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the Pope Mobile on its way to the Gold Coast right now to take on your heat tonight. So Lloyd Pope, can he do it three in a row? Listen. Heater, they're ready for something big and special. Okay. I can feel it. I, look, I, I know that they didn't deliver the last time they played. I know that they actually were in the box seat when they got the opportunity to bat. Yep. Um, 
But sometimes you just need to throw a bit of a red herring in there mm-hmm. because we've been so dominant. Yep. Uh, and that's what that was. So we're going to see a dominant display uh, tonight. Yeah. Speaking of the Brisbane heat, 35 degrees up there today for that guy. Tough knock. That's what it says on the I'll tell you what, it? if you lose and your team's name's the heat, you might need to change <laughs> the name to cold. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, you need to put They might have to. <laughs> you need to put one of them bloke dad shirts back on before you say jokes like that. <laughs> what? That wasn't good? I thought it was pretty good. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Brisbane cold. <laughs> Just on, we did a, this is years ago, switch, switching codes. I remember Brisbane we, uh, cold. <laughs> we, the, the, uh, Smashed them, oh, totally annihilated them. It was in the A-League. The, um, the Melbourne victory uh, lost the game. We put a post out and changed the logo to the, the Melbourne loss. <laughs> And the, See, fed, the, fans, the fans went nuts. They came after us. Like, it was very un, uh, uncouth in the comments. But, uh, so just be careful. I know you're a Heat fan yourself, but you don't want to come after Oh, See, we're all, you are on the same wavelength yeah. here. We are on the same wavelength. Um, <laughs> the Brisbane cold. <laughs> the Brisbane cold. Thank you. I'll take that one. Take it to the bank. Uh, okay. Um, Mosh is a place to go uh, for smarter hair loss treatment. Most men think that they the only option to try and combat hair loss is to spend thousands at clinics, and many don't want to go all the way to doctors about it. Well, times have changed. Moss is 100% online, so there's no traveling to doctors, clinics, or pharmacies. Mosh deals with every bloke on a case-by-case basis. Their Aussie doctors will give you real advice as to where you are in your hair regrowth journey, prescribe you what works from over 90 plus treatment variations that are delivered straight to your door. Join over 30,000 other guys in Mosh Hair Regrowth family and get 50 schmackaroonies off your first treatment plan with code BLOKE50, capital BLOKE50, the numbers. So BLOKE50 at checkout. Remember schmackos for your dog? Mm. <laughs> I don't know how that, like was schmackaroonies is like, did you guys call that money sometimes? 50 schmackers? Yeah, or 50 bones. I said, so what came first, do you think? The dog schmackos or schmackaroonies? Uh, probably schmackaroonies, I reckon. Yeah. Paved the way for the schmackos thing. Coming in, capitalise on the popularity of the already uh, funny term. So, <laughs> giving Great dog- slogan, though. Dogs go wacko for schmackos. Schmacko. Oh, mate. That is one of the all times. I mean, I, it's dog food, and I remember it. So, shout out to their marketing person. Shout out. Yeah. Uh, Get in touch. completely customized totally online and cheap uh, hair regrowth solutions for $45 a month smarter hair loss treatment all starts with a quiz at getmosh.com.au as I said guys if you're thinking about doing it just give it a crack um, because as we said last week embrace the banter baby yeah embrace it and also you're delivering banter to the boys we've explained this so yeah the boys will give you a bit of banter but I'm sure they want you to be happy Uh, so and also, don't forget, use Bloke50 to get $50 off your first treatment plan. On Schmackos, they'd be a good uh, dogs sponsor, wouldn't they, as well? <laughs> that'd be a great dog sponsor. Yeah. Dogs go wacko for Schmacko, and yeah. it's just Napper in his prime dominating people. I love I love those ones that just... Uh, <laughs> I love those sponsors. It wasn't really in his prime. In a Roosters jersey. Yeah, the sponsors that just seamlessly fit. And I was just going to touch on that one, because I don't think we've touched on it since the end of last year, but... Steggles is winding up with the Roosters. No! Uh, at the end of this season. Oh! Just, seems like such a neat fit. That does... But aren't they with uh, going with Red Rooster now? Is that what they're going Well, with? I saw a couple of hot boys in Budgie Smugglers on their Instagram yeah. in, and, and it looked like the font for Red Rooster. That would make sense. That 
the Colonel. There's a few that could slip in. I think Guru would look good on the front of the Chooks jersey. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it would make sense. It would make a lot of sense. It would make a lot yeah. of sense. Yeah. It would make a lot of sense. Um, but, yeah, uh, look, Steggles, reach out if you, if you want to get involved now that you're not involved with the Roosters. Do you, have you had any uh, interactions with Steggles as a major sponsor because you are a Roosters great? No, I haven't. I had a few missed calls from Nick on the weekend, though. I'm not going to miss Oh, yeah. Um, what's the greatest all-time sponsor of a jersey? Canberra Milk. Hard to look past JFTA Petrochemical Services for me. <laughs> I think you just you think JFTA Petrochemical Services, Tigers... Success. That's what I. That's what I align it with. That's me personally, though. You know what I think, and and I hate to say this, it burns me inside to say this. First of all, obviously, it's you know Forex and Queensland. You know, we get it, we get it. Forex get it because it was Queensland, but it's Wizards on the New South oh, Wales jersey. Yeah. Yep. You know, Wizards. Joey wearing it. It's got his wizard. He was a wizard. It was I the era they actually used to win games. <laughs> oh, what is that? Too far? Or fair? 2024 is <laughs> on its way, don't worry. Uh, yeah. Uh, Canberra oh. Milk's not a bad shout, though. The yeah, milk's, milk's good. And they went away from yeah. milk. They, they went, what, the forklifts or something for a little bit? Do I have forklifts at the moment? Oh, they're still forklifts. Yeah, but I didn't they re sign with the milk again? Who are we? Got brushed. <laughs> Phone zone could be coming back in time, surely. <laughs> Video Easy. Video Easy was mad. Video Easy was mad. What was the, the Knights? No, no, sorry. Manly Pepsi. Pepsi. Oh, that yeah. was sexy. What about Herbal World? West Tigers, <laughs> 03. When you, when you align a team like the Pepsi Seagulls or like I always think the uh, Sanyo Panthers. Oh, yeah, that was very good. Oh, yeah. yeah. What, 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 any other ones, boys? Stand the Toyota team? logo used to pretty seamlessly go on the Cowboys one too. Yeah, yeah I'll pay day. that. I'll pay that. Yeah. Mm. I'll pay that. The LG Sharkies I always liked. Oh, yeah. Powers for the Broncos. Yep. Yep. That was sexy. <sighs> City Ford Roosters. Yeah. What was, um, what was the old Newcastle Knights one? Henny Penny. Henny Penny. Oh, that Henny was Penny's classic. Right I, love, I love a local chicken shop going after the big dog in town. and just <laughs> Time for Kingsley's to step up with Canberra, quite frankly. Unbelievable yeah. chicken, awesome chips. Not an ad, but I should be getting straight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm quite partial to an M7 when I'm back in town there. <laughs> it's not get, false advertising. I great chicken. It is, it's real good. Yeah, it's top what does, it say, does it say it's the best in, in Canberra? Just says unbelievable, awesome. Doesn't lay claim to being the best, but okay. I'd, I'd be prepared to yeah. say it's, it's very close. It's if we do a live, if do, do a regional show anywhere near Canberra, we'll have to go and go and like do a partner. food review. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, Maddie, what about you, mate? I know you, you can shout it out, and I'll repeat it. No, you won't. You just said that because you hadn't think about it. Rabbitohs. What about Smith Chris? Yeah, mate. You know what's crazy with this bloke? We had Packer Up Boys. Yeah, I think it was Packer Up Boys. And this absolute turncoat that doesn't even support the Rabbitohs didn't even know that his New South Wales Cup won the Interstate Cup last year. Oh. And he didn't know they pumped um, the other side as well. Wow. Now he doesn't even know any of their sponsors. He's got all of his teeth too. Mate, you're too focused on India cricket. <laughs> Unbelievable. Favourite Indian cricket sponsor over the years. <laughs> this is a paid advertisement from BetterHelp, our show partner this week. It's the start of a new year and we all have our own resolutions. Some of us want to get fit, some want to learn a new skill, some of us want to watch more footy, but there's a lot of us that probably just want to improve our mental health. If you're thinking of getting a hand with your mental game, get in touch with BetterHelp. Their services are entirely online and designed to work around you and your schedule. We all need a little guidance from time to time. As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. 
Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash bloke. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash bloke for 10% off your first month. Uh, okay, speaking of the Rabbitohs, Rabbitohs re-sign Peter Momazellis. Um, guys, newsflash, he's hot. Um, like as in, he's actually physically hot as well as he's hot, so hot right now. He just signed a three-year deal. Uh, signed until a 2020, uh, three-year deal? Anyway, 2027. Love this signing. It does seem like uh, the successor to Damien Cook. And I do wonder whether, I know Havili is a great 14 for the club, but I do wonder whether they start going, maybe we bring in Mama Zealous as a 14 to give him limited minutes to prepare for life after Cookie. I don't know whether Cookie, I think Cookie's got at least another couple of years in him. He's quite fit. Quite, his body seems to be in quite good nick, especially when it shirts off, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> boys, thoughts on this signing? Yeah, I, I love Pete. Uh, it's good to see him lock it down there. I was, I was looking at his stats today. Like, It's wild to think that a guy that's played seven games of first grade across three seasons has a three-year deal. Mm. It's such a unique situation. Uh, but with Damien Cook's career coming to the back end, I think Cookie turns 33 this year. Mm. Um, you'd have to assume you start to see Mabazellas coming off the bench. I've said it for the last three seasons in a row, to be fair. Uh, but signing a three-year deal, he would have to have some sort of assurance that it's coming up soon. Um, you know, we've got, we'll talk about it later in the show, but you've got a number of teams out there that are looking for hookers at the moment. And Pete's just been sitting there not playing first grade for so long. And I really rate him. I think he'll do really well for South City in the future. Uh, so, yeah, I'm expecting him to grab a 14 jersey. I think Havili, it's handy he can play nine, but I just love him as a middle forward too. Like yeah. I, I'm not picking Havili in my side just because he can maybe play hooker as well. I think he's a very good footballer, Havili. So, mm. I wouldn't be surprised to see them both get a bait in that side. And I think as well, um, just to back up as well, like he's the nine that won the New South Wales Cup um, grand final and then yep. the Interstate Cup. Don't ask Matty that because he doesn't know. Uh, <laughs> but like that's that's nothing to sniff at. Like that is, you know, that is a high quality nine that's doing it as well as you possibly can do it in the grade just under first grade. Uh, I also think that I'm just not an 80 minute um, fan, what are you laughing at, mate? I'm laughing at because that was my exact speech about Sonny Luke all pre-season. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great point. It's a great point, Baru. To a T. Yeah. Um, but I'm just not a – I'm just getting further away from this 80-minute hooker yep. situation. There are some guys that can do it. I just don't know with the speed of the modern game whether it's worth it. And I wonder whether you're going to get even more out of Cookie. By, and I know he's an 80-minute hooker. He does it each week and I get all that. But do you get more out of him? I go, mate, just go half a 30. We'll get you off. 10 minutes before halftime, we bring Pete on. 10 minutes halftime, we'll keep him on. And then we bring you back on. You get a 20-minute rest. That last 30 from Cookie will be terrible to handle. But thoughts on the, the resigning? Yeah, uh, great resigning for the Bunnies. And just on that, can be around the 80-minute hooker and... You know, every club is so different, every player is so unique and whether they can do it or whether they can't. But it just, we've said it before and I'll say it again, but it just adds so much value to guys like Avili and like an Aaron Clark who, you know, a player like Damien Cook, even if you want to share that load, you still want him probably playing 60 to 65 minimum. So to have another middle forward that can be so effective in the middle and jump in for 15 minutes, I don't think they need to play Mamazelos this year at all because... They've got Havili there. Mm. Well, sorry, not this year, but in their best 17 because they've got Havili there to do a job. So it's interesting. It's, it must be hard for him because Damien Cook has hardly had an injury year after year after year, and he's next in line to be a big-minute hooker for them. Do you think he re-signs a three-year deal if he's not playing in a this year, though? No, that's what intrigues me. Okay, yep. Because I so said with Havili there, I just... 
it wouldn't surprise me to see uh, Cookie move into a sort of 65-minute role, but when you've got Tavili there, I don't see why you'd play Mamazoulos. Mm. Um, that being said, he is next in line to Cookie. He's a similar sort of player. He's a nippy, ball-running number nine, smaller body. So what have they said to him to keep him there and stop him from going to a club like the Raiders or like the Dragons or one of these clubs who are sort of looking for a number nine at the moment? You'd think there'd be some, not promise, but like a push to say, we'll get more time into this season because he has been very patient as it is. So I think it, it wins both ways, but it's a definitely a win for the Bunnies. It will be interesting because JD is a huge Havili fan. Like mm. All the word out of South City that when he was injured last year, he was desperate to get him back into that footy side. I'd nearly go as far to say as Pete would be silly to resign if he's not being told that he's going to be playing in NRL soon. Because... There are so many sides that could do with a gun number nine. Like, so many sides. And at the very least, like, Cookie's not retiring this year. I mean, he may, he might, but I highly doubt and it. And, yeah, 32, turning 33, he just looked up in June. He's just played for the Blues. Like, he's not slowing down at a yes, rapid yes, speed. Yes, exactly. So, it's like, you'd have to suggest he's at least got two more years in him. At least. Yeah. So, if you're Mama Zellis, it's like, why would you re-sign with a club Unless they're saying to you, we believe the 14 jersey can be yours for the next couple of years. The other thing to note as well, which I actually didn't realise, Mamazelis, like he's not 19, 20, he's 23 years old. Yeah, that's what I mean. And so he's bided his time. Yeah, for sure. He's been very, very patient. Extreme, like similar to Harry Grant. Yeah. Where they were super patient. And so if you're Pete, you're going, I'm 23 years old. I'm probably an NRL standard hooker, or at the very least give one a crack at it. There are a bunch of other clubs that would go, absolutely we'll have. Yeah. A hooker like that. At South Sydney Junior too. I think Maruba Lions, Pete Mamazellis is from. So good to see him lock down that spot there. And and just for people listening, um, like those conversations do happen at contract time. Uh, like I remember when I re-signed, so I made my debut at the Broncos, had um, a decent debut, and I had three other games after that that were also decent. And they said, if you re-sign for less, which is literally they made re-sign me on the minimum, we promise you you'll start next year on the wing. So that was, I was like, all right, yeah, sweet. I like, I want to be here. I'm loyal, even though I could get more elsewhere, blah, blah, blah. Uh, did I start in the wing? No, I didn't. But anyway, that's another story. Um, but those conversations are had. Like, it, it sounds crazy to promise a kid a starting spot the next year, but it is a way to, to, to say, here's your future. Yes, you may have been, you know, on the, we might be on less or Cookie's there and he's going to have that spot for a couple of years. But our plan is you're going to be in that 14 jersey or wherever he ends up. Uh Thoughts on it, honey? He's, a, he's played 10 games for Greece as well. Okay. Yep. And in those 10 games, he scored 10 tries. Oh, wow. So, Christos Anesti, uh, Bunnies fans. Greek case has come early for you there. <laughs> Great little signing. Three you deal. It was good. Greek went what? Greek went, Greece went wild when they heard this yeah. signature. Smashing plates and <laughs> get around him. Get around him. What's the, is it Whopper? Is that what they say? It is, yeah. Are you Greek? No. Uh, our family kind of got like uh, absorbed by the Greek community in Canberra. So we do Greek Easters and Greek Christmas. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. My folks' best best uh, friends, Nick and Nancy, we do all of our uh, big big holidays with them. So, uh, yeah, I probably identify as a, a Greek Canberran. So good to have one of our own uh, getting a crack in the, in the big top grade. <laughs> Nick Kyrgios? Yeah, yeah. He's down there as well. Get around him. Greek Canberra boy? Yep. Among, among the community or? Yeah, he is, he is. So just careful what you say about him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I understand where you come from. I consider myself Filipino, you know, yep. being part of a Filipino family now with my wife. So yes. I get I get you. You get it. Look, do I know much about Filipino culture? No. Yeah. Um, but I'm willing to learn. Always eager to learn more. I'm willing we? to learn. I've always said that about you. <laughs> 
Um, just speaking of the Rabbitohs, and we'll get deeper into it when we do the season preview, which will either be next week or the week after, guys. And it's going to be a big block. You're going to get the whole thing. Our eyes will be hanging out by the end of it, but we will do that. Uh, I think the Rabbitohs, look, I wouldn't say they're being underappreciated, but their systems of bringing in the next generation has been one of the better ones of all of the NRL. You've got a guy like um, Hawkins that's sitting, is it Hawkins or Hawkins? Hawkins, Hawkins sitting in um, reserve grade as a six or a seven, and he led his team obviously to um, the, the premiership in New South Wales Cup. He has played with Ilias. Ilias is also a junior. Then you've got Mamrozelis at, at um, nine. You've got Munro that could play fullback. Like I feel like they've done a pretty good job at bringing the next generation through. They've got another ball player, which we'll talk about in the CBAs over the next few weeks, Jai Gray, who I reckon will be the best out of all of them. And they've so. also got, is, is he a Samoan or Tongan young fella? Yeah, Dion as well. That they, went away. They are stacked in the half. Yeah, yeah. They've got heaps of guys coming through there. Um, you know, put on top of that, you've got your Talis Duncans. David Mwale, who they've really taken their time with and getting He's only 20 years spot. old. Yeah. You know, it wasn't that long ago that, you know, Dane Gogo was a South Sydney centre. You know, he left and he's killed it up in Newcastle, but Campbell Graham stepped in and mm. done a tremendous job. Like he's a local junior they've brought through as well. So they're in a very, very good spot, South Sydney. It's um it's 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 like a, a really strange position because if you said premiership or bust in the next few years, you'd be like, Oh, is that a little bit hyperbolic? But it kinda isn't. Like, it kind of isn't for that squad. And you have a look at them right now. Like, I look at them and go, geez, Cody Walker, Damon Cook, these guys are ageing. But, you know, if they just play for another two years, Latrell Mitchell, Cam Murray, these guys are going to be coming right into their 27, 28, yeah. like ready to really lead a club. Mm. And, like, I would argue they are now, but in the next few years they will be even more so. Uh, with your Jai Arrows and these sort of guys, I think South Sydney are heading in a really good direction. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and to balance and time that, I don't think you understand how hard that is. And also, they're a squad that could have easily been rated, I think it was two years ago when they had Trell, Walker, Cook. Yep. Basically, all their top-tier players were off contract. Didn't get rated. And so their succession plan, you can literally see it. Like that is what you consider good squad management. When you can look at a squad and go, okay, he's got two more years left. Okay, he's about to come into his prime. Okay, when he's in his prime, this rookie will be where that guy was. You know what I mean? Like It's very, very clear what the Rabbitohs are planning. And I think they deserve a wrap for how well they've handled it. They were sitting first half at round 11 last season. We were pushing premiership favouritism. They were red hot. So, you know, their squad's stronger this season than it was last year. There's no reason. Like, Bunnies fans would be out there going, we want a premiership this year. Anything less, well, disappointed. I was saying to Matty the other day, isn't it interesting, like, how you remember seasons? Like, 2023 for the South Sydney Rabbitohs will be remembered as a disaster. They came out hot, best team in the competition, but faded late. The Roosters came out slow as a wet week, finished strong, and no one talks about no that season about as a failure. Yeah. Whereas, in my opinion, Rabbitohs' first 11 rounds was better than the Roosters' last 11 rounds. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, I think a lot of, pe a lot of people are assuming, a lot, I'm saying, hearing a lot of people saying, South Sydney won't be a top eight side and all this sort of stuff. Oh, fuck, I think you're brave to bet against them. Oh. Yeah, especially if everything is sorted off field. Yep. It's going to be like, um, actually, we've got new content coming out tomorrow. 3 p.m. on Instagram, New South Wales time. Be there. Uh, there'll be a new style of content throughout the whole year. I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. Um, but, yeah, the Rabbitohs, I, um, I'm really excited for their season. I think Kepi's a great signing. Moali, he's now 20 years old. He debuted as an 18-year-old. Bennett doesn't really debut teenage front rowers unless they're something special. Uh, so, yeah, great re-signing for the Rabbitohs. Now, <clears throat> uh, don't forget, grab a case of bloke beer from your local now stocked in every celebrations, liquor legends, IJ plus liquor, bottle, all that good stuff. A beautiful, easy drinking beer. Plus, it supports the platform. Uh, now, 
Fullbacks. Anthony Seabolt has confirmed Turbo will be fullback in 2024 and a positional switch wasn't even looked at. Look, I'm not surprised he confirmed he'll play fullback. I am surprised at him saying we didn't even consider anything else. Thoughts on the whole situation? Yeah, I definitely would have considered playing him at centre. I would have set it on playing fullback. I think the other thing we need to remember with Turbo is that, you know, in a weird way, like I'm almost glad that last year it wasn't a leg injury. He went to origin. He got a pec injury. It's going to happen. Um, so it has been, granted he missed a lot of footy last year, but it has been two years since he's had a lower leg injury that we've yeah. been worried about for so long. So I would have played him at fullback as well. And maybe, the, like, I'm I'm confident, despite what Seabell says, that at some point during the pre-season they would have considered it. Mm. But I think this is just a vote of confidence that we're back in turbo in. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm with you. I mean, we sat here 12 months ago and we were sort of saying, do you start the season with him at Santa, ease him back in? But, like, Guru's right, it was a peck injury last year. It wasn't his hammy going, so he got through a ton of, oh, a ton, enough games with that hammy in his, you know, his regular injury history. So I'm happy for him, more than happy to be starting at fullback, lock and load there when he is, he's, you know, arguably the best fullback in the game, pretty close to it. And I'm really excited to see what Tolatau Kohler and his role this year, I think he will slot into that roaming centre a little bit. Uh, not necessarily position himself at fullback as such and do massive switches with Tommy, but I do think he'll get involved and be scheming in and around the ruck a little bit more, mm. which is, well, like, they'd be mad if they didn't the way he finished last year. So that's yeah. exciting. But Tommy at fullback, yeah. I just, the only thing and why I'm quite bullish on the centre is, like, I just, and I know I get it, he actually injured his pec whilst playing centre. I understand that. But it's like... When you look at the last five years, it's like I just want him on the field for as long as possible, for as many games as possible. Because you could even tell last year, and granted, like he still was on the field, he still did his job, and he still actually, you know, when you look at his stats and everything, he still actually was playing some good footy. He still was it didn't feel comfortable. And that's what reps on the field give you. It makes you comfortable. Um, and so that's why I'm like with Senna, you can just ease him back in so that by the time he does get back into that fullback jersey, He's fully like, oh, yeah, I'm back. Like, I'm, I'm ready to go. It's funny. Like, I remember watching him. We were in Canberra that night. And he was playing the, the Dolphins, and he absolutely tore them a new one. And I remember sitting back then going, okay, this might be Turbo back here. Looked comfortable, looked ready to go. And then that was the pack two weeks was later. It, was it – no, wasn't it Canberra where he killed it before the Origin game? Yeah. There was, was. A, there was a game against the Dolphins where he absolutely blitzed them. Oh, okay. Yeah, like, okay. Sure. yeah, yeah. He absolutely killed it against the Dolphins. Yeah. And I remember sitting back and watching that game going, okay, it looks like he's back to himself yeah. now. Because like, we, we've got to remember as well, like round one he came out and I think he still scored two or three tries. He had a great game. But there was a few times where he got into space and just offloaded the ball against Canterbury at the start of last season. So, yeah, it was really disappointing how it played out, obviously, from a state of origin perspective. Yeah. One. But for Turbo as well last year, it was a little bit unlucky last season. Yeah, he blitzed Canberra just before Origin and we're like, okay, there's your audition, get him in. And then blitzed Dolphins, I th- might have been after Origin one. After, was it? Yeah. Yeah, uh, it, it, like, it really is. It's one of those. He's one of those players that you absolutely love because he is like, if you wanted any young kid to look up to someone, it's Tom Dravojevic. But you have to ask a question. And I love Tommy, but if it goes through another year like this, like, what do you do? You have to start asking really tough questions as a club. He's on a. He's got uh, till two thousand twenty-six. Was it the contract? Big contract. It's just. They're in this. They're literally between a rock and a hard place. Big questions to be had if yeah. he plays a handful of games this year. Which is, and then look, I think that he absolutely should be. Um, the contract should be honoured, uh, but it doesn't change the fact that we're always big believers that contract should be honoured. But that's not the history of it. Like clubs, when situations like this happen, 
they begin to explore options, all that good stuff. Uh, so, look, fingers crossed, touch and wood. Tommy Trevojevic, his year where he absolutely killed it, like that was so good for rugby league. Like, think about how much ratings that got us. Think, I mean, it, it was just a massive boom for rugby league. So, I really, really hope that he plays. Isn't it weird. crazy when you look back to that season? He played 18 games. He scored 28 fucking tries. That was a year with all those rule changes. Like, yeah. As in, they went even further with the rule changes. And it was, was Tommy Turbo Ball. Yeah, was, like perfect for him. You have a look over the last four seasons. He's played 43 games. Yeah. That's it's like tough. 10.8 or something a season. As, as, a, as a key signing yeah. as well. Especially a club that builds their entire franchise around three key signings. Yeah, tough. And, I mean, look, the, the current CEO and Seabold, they actually didn't re-sign Turbo. I think he was re-signed before... You know, everything went, went pear-shaped. So, um, mate, I really, really hope. Is, isn't Manly just such an intriguing squad heading into this year? Because they genuinely could go from premiership threats to, like, bottom six just yep. because of one yep. player. Yep. And, it, and, and it's, like, almost not a question as to where... Now, maybe Luke Brooks will ease that pain because he's a, I think he's a good player. But they really are a team that... And you could say that about a lot of things, but I don't see, like, for example, Penrith don't go from premiership threat to bottom six if they lose Cleary. You know, they, they, they would go down, but, like, Manly, it really is a Tom Travojevic or bust, really. There's honestly not much more you can say. Like, it just is what it is. Fuck, it's so bizarre. It's so bizarre. What do you reckon, mate? Yeah, well, I can't believe... Uh, I reckon they did have a thing about moving him elsewhere, mm. but mm. you've got to roll out the company line. Mm. Turbo at fullback... You just said it. They can make the top four. Turbo injured or not at fullback, I don't reckon they're a real threat. So Okay. So ter- even Turbo at centre, you reckon? No. no. Okay. Interesting. Because they're, they're into, like as you said, like how much they rely on him. Like I remember back in the day, like Joey for Newcastle. Like with him, they could have been a dollar fifty favourite. He'd get ruled out and they'd go to three fucking dollars. <laughs> it was unbelievable. And they're not far off that without Turbo. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um now, Jason Dimitro has said Latrell Mitchell is getting ready for a full season at fullback. Um, he actually did say, uh, could you get the quote up? But he actually did say, we, I discussed it with Latrell. Correct? Uh, yeah, I'll get the quote. Yeah. So he actually did say, it, like, it was discussed. You know, we, we sat down, we had a talk about it, which I, you know, I like. Um, I like the honesty from Dimitro. Uh, Latrell Mitchell, like this idea, look, I, I get it. There are parts in his game sometimes where, you know, his kick coverage, especially the short kicking game, needs improvement. But you could look at any... Okay, so you go, all right, Dylan Edwards. No one ever sits there and goes, well, he shouldn't be a fullback because he's not a good ball player. But with Luttrell, because he has that one shortcoming in his game of, okay, he doesn't cover you know, short kicks as well, they go, I oh, shouldn't be a fullback. He should just go to centre. But it's like, think about all he offers at fullback. Like, are we forgetting that this guy is... His try assist and his ability to break games open from fullback is nothing short of incredible. I think that the argument whether he should be a fullback or a centre at the Rabbitohs, now maybe at other clubs would be different, but at the Rabbitohs, I think it's not even an argument anymore. I can't believe it's being questioned. Me personally, thoughts, Guru? No, I agree. He's got downfalls. All players do. That's the reality of it. But, yeah, I, I wouldn't even be – especially when you look at their squad with Campbell Graham and Jack White in the side. It's a no-brainer for me uh, – I, I appreciate him saying that he had the conversation with Latrell. It's a conversation I probably wouldn't have even had. I think South Sydney are out there. But if I'm playing South Sydney, I would much rather take on South Sydney with Latrell Mitchell at the centre than oh, fullback. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Timmy? 
Yeah, I think anyone out there who looks at that side and thinks they're better with Latrell Mitchell playing anywhere other than fullback has got rocks in their head. Like they said, he's not perfect, but there's not a fullback. There's not a player in the modern game who's perfect. Probably mm. like he's. He said, you ask yourself, what does the opposition not want? It's Latrell Mitchell at fullback. It's roaming. It's being that finesse on the end of a back line. It's his powerful kick returns. Yeah, sure, there's a few shortfalls, but as I said, every player's got a few and. There's no reason why he can't improve on his positioning in defence and a few other things mm. like, yeah. And surely they're working on that, you know, his fitness and everything this year heading into the year, identifying, hey, we could be better here, we could be better there. So, yeah, look, I get look, I get the fact that you put him in centre and he's arguably the greatest centre of all time, like literally. So I get, I get that argument because he is so unbelievable at centre. Like you see him at origin and you're like, what the hell is going on here? Um, but you look at that squad and you go, Latrell Mitchell at fullback – Go back and just watch his highlights since he's been there at the Rabbitohs. Like, it is actually mind-blowing some of the stuff that he's been able to pull off. I also think, you know, if you want him to play centre so much, who's going to be your fullback in this side? Who are you going to win a comp with that's in that squad yeah. that can play fullback? Yeah. And the only reason he wasn't, you know, fullback at the Roosters was because Teddy was there. Yeah. Like, the second best fullback of all time, essentially. Second or third. The other thing about him, as he's had his development at fullback at the Bunnies in recent years, uh, like, I don't want to make an excuse for him and around a few effort areas, particularly in defence and support play and these sorts of things. But he has missed big chunks of games, like at different stages in recent years, and it probably has impacted his fitness. Maybe he hasn't been at where he's wanted to be fitness-wise. Um, across the, like If he can get a whole season in and his body's where it needs to be and his fitness is at you know, near enough 100%, you know, maybe these little things like effort areas, you know, they will improve. We'll see them go out of his game. So yeah. it's, it all sounds like he's fit, ready to rock for round one. Great thing, and it's exciting. Full preseason, him at fullback. I'm, I'm not sure. Did he have a full preseason last year? I think he did, but he got injured at the end of 2022. Anyway. Yeah, because he, he missed, was it 2022, he missed finals? Got injured just before? No, no. no. World Cup. World Cup. Missed uh, finals the year before. Yeah. So, like, I am super excited to see what Latrell Mitchell does this year because... If there's one player that you could nearly slot in nearly any side and, and in him at his best, he could literally lead nearly any side to a, a yeah, premiership. Like, we could be sitting here at the end of the season and he's just like busted the record for most Dalian votes. A hundred percent. Potentially, of yeah, course. Absolutely. But and he, nothing would shock. He's he's the kind of guy that like let's say you put him in, you know, I don't know, the dragons or the tigers. Like he lifts other people. Like the best version of himself lifts other people. Now those squads, obviously, you'd need to recruit a little bit, but he's the guy that could attract recruitment. Like, I don't think people... We're so used to Latrell Mitchell, we just forget how big of a superstar he is. Like, he is genuinely once-in-a-generation superstar talent. Um, there you go. There you go. That's scary. Oh, oh it's, okay. it's his first full preseason at South, guys. Uh, Matty has just confirmed. Yeah. That is scary. That is scary. He's quite right about that. You mentioned about how he, he can attract other players to the club. Mm. I reckon he's just looked a little bit just like, I don't know, fl flat or whatever last couple of years, even when he's been playing. But I wonder how much of an impact getting Jack White and his best mate to the team will actually give him a bit of a boost and a bit of a lift and maybe they'll bring the best out of each other through that, the years. as well. And I already think that's evident. Like just on their social media, like I'm seeing Latrell jump behind the camera all the time now and he's filming Jack around yep. training and cheering each other up. Like he can – I think it's very evident with – Latrell Mitchell, that when his mood's high and mm. he's flying, that's when he plays his best footy. Mm. Absolutely. And, and the other thing, like, we, it's not the exact same as the halfback position, but whenever we talk about halves, and we always say with Nathan Cleary, is that they reach their best at 28, 29. I said, it doesn't completely translate to fullback. It's not the exact same, but 
He's freaking 26 years old, the trial. It's, like. it's insane. So these things, light positioning in defence at fullback where after playing centres, I know it was a while ago now, but he's still going to learn these things and learn his craft and learn how to play. He's 26. It is actually bizarre. Like when you say that and you go, oh, the trial Mitchell's still only 26 years old. Like people are only starting to hit their, their peak now. Yep. He's already done everything. Like literally everything. Uh, Great to see Jack White and smiling and getting some sun. <laughs> First time in 10 years too. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I didn't know he could smile. I don't. I don't think at the Raiders I ever saw him smile. Did you see him smile at the Raiders? I remember him crying at the back end of last year. Yeah, I, I do remember him very upset because yeah. he was like, "This has been tough." I give it about a month into the season, and he won't have any good fishing spots around Sydney to go to. No hunting spots out in the bush. Won't no good able, chicken chicken stalls. Won't be able to get yeah. home easily. He'll be caught up in the big smoke and say, "I want out. I want back to the Raiders." I'll sign oh, really? On, I'll sign on two hundred k. I just need to get back home. You're predicting a, a backflip mid-season oh, to the Raiders. It's inevitable. <laughs> Very expensive to get the old uh, Kingsley's Uber Eats stuff the uh, the highway. <laughs> a bit of Goodbury's frozen custard there. Just big to, factor. Yeah, big camera double. <laughs> Uh, now, onto the Eels. Brad Arthur has said that he uh, basically wants his hooker to play 80 minutes. So he was asked, um, it says PC. What was that on? Paul Crawley? Sorry? Daily Telegraph. Uh, how do you see the battle for dummy half spot between Hands and Lussick? Uh, Brad Arthur said, Hansy has done a good job with some of his opportunities that he got in 23, and Lussick finished the season there. At the end of the day, I've never been real keen at just picking a specialist hooker on the bench. I like our hookers to be able to play 80 minutes, and both of these guys are training really well and helping each other out. They're confident in their own ability and both comfortable that their competition um, with their competition with each other. We can only have one, uh, so the trials will work it out um, in the preseason. Uh, yeah, I... Look, I understand the idea of, you know, not wanting to waste a bench spot. But as you guys know on this show, I am just... I understand that Ben Hunt is not a specialist hooker. But when you look at the top tier side of Queensland, so Queensland essentially the best side, you know, running around, or, you know, you could argue maybe the Kiwis at the moment. Um, but most of them run with a rotation of hookers. And I'm just not convinced that 80-minute hookers today, unless you are like, that is just what you do. I don't know whether it's the way to go in how quick the game is. Back in the day, for example, Cam Smith era, the ruck was a little bit slower. Things could be managed a little bit better. And also Cam Smith, we're talking about the greatest of all time, arguably greatest player of all time, regardless of position. I just think the day of the 80-minute hooker, 80 minute hooker, for most people, now there may be some exceptions, but the exception doesn't prove the rule, is not the way to go. And I look at the yields. You've got Hands and Lussick, who are decent, you know, decent first graders, solid, get the job done. Are they that level um, that they can go out and play 80 every single week? They may they may prove that they are this year, but at the moment I'm just not so sure about it. What do you reckon, Drew? Yeah, I would have said it last year and told you you shouldn't be playing 80 minutes hooker unless your name's Harry Grant. And now I'm sitting here at the end of the season going, even Harry Grant's not playing 80 minutes. Not even starting. I get it. I get it 100%. Yeah, he wasn't even starting at the end of the year. Yeah, I think, you know, Brendan Hands, uh, you know, he was very handy and very tough last year, but I don't think over a 27-week season he's going to be an 80-minute hooker, week in, week out. Joe Lussick got off the plane and was their hooker mm. at the end of last season. I just – I don't I don't understand mm. what the obsession is with having an 80-minute hooker, especially, like, with all due respect to Brad Arthur. Like, the start of last year they had Josh Hodgson playing 80 minutes and – like, round one, they went to extra time. He didn't use one of his front row forwards, and the other one he used for 10 minutes. Like, and sure, if you're so convinced to have two, like, have one hooker, 
use your middles. Yeah. Rotate guys. I don't. I, I don't. Because he kept I, he kept um, Hopgood on for eighty three minutes or something like that in his yep, first game. Played the 13. entire game. Yeah. yeah. And I I think Junior played like 65, mm. 70, something bizarre like that. Keep in mind, Ryan Madison wasn't playing in that game either. Um, sometimes I, I I struggle to grasp Brad Arthur's some of the decisions he makes, whether it be the interchanges, whether it be Dill Brown playing centre at different points, all that sort of stuff. Uh, but yeah, if I I think sometimes you I understand if he ideally wants to have an 80-minute hooker, but I think you've got to coach the team you have, not the team you want. Mm. And when you had Josh Hodgson, I get it, sure. I just don't think either of these two is an 80-minute hooker. Happy to be proven wrong, we'll wear it if they prove me wrong. And you know what? If one of them does it for the first three weeks, good as gold. Let's see how you're going in round 23. Mm. That's what I worry about. I just as well, you know, I understand the idea of not wanting a specialist hooker on the bench. But at the very least, carry someone that can play hooker. And I, I, from what I recall, happy to be you know, corrected, I don't recall them carrying a bench guy that could... And this is where, you know, go out into the market, get a Havili, get a Kurt Mann, mm. get a Chad Randall, get one of these guys that can sort of play both roles uh, if you want to do this. But I just there's just no one in their squad. Like, I'm looking through their entire squad going, if they were to have a hooker injury during the game, what happens? It's potentially Hopgood that ends up there. Funnily enough, he actually grew up playing hooker, but he I was uh, too tall. Um, <laughs> but he's, he's but not yeah, hooker. He's, he's not like, hooker. Like unless you're moving one of your halves, which if I'm if I'm lucky enough to have Mitch Moses and Dill Brown as my halves, I don't want one of them playing hooker. Yeah. What do you reckon, Timmy? Yeah, I I, I don't mind it for the Eels. The idea of it, um, I'm on board with most of what you boys have said around it, and I think this this conversation, the idea of you know splitting the hooker minutes. It, it is just so team-dependent, so squad-dependent, who you have available. I think the reality is when you're a squad like Parramatta where you have big money and star players in Dylan Brown, Mitch Moses, Clint Gutherson, that's just in the spine alone, that, you know, you, you I don't want to sound um, grim to them because they're important players, but cop uh, a, a lower-tier player at number nine because you, your whole spine to be stacked, it's very, very rare and hard to do. So to have a player, whether they go with Lusick or Hands as an 80-minute man, you basically just come in and say, give these blokes good service, give them early ball, don't overplay your hand, much like a sort of Sam Verrills in 2019 when the Roosters won the comp, stars all around him, mate, make your tackles, give good service. Don't take on the line or run too, too often because we need you to get through 80 minutes. They had Friendy though, didn't they then? Yeah, he came a friend in the grand final. He came back very. He'd late been in the injured. Yeah, yeah, he'd been yeah. injured for the back end. Mm. Um, so I understand it in that sense. Um, I hundred percent agree that all right, if you've made this decision to want an eighty-minute hooker, especially when it's not necessarily a star number nine in the game, as Guru said, you have to have someone that's there to cover the blokes you rattled off, like Kurt Mann, Havili. You know, Connor Watson, someone that can do it because they don't have a lot of coverage. And as it stands, the way the squad's named, it probably is Hopgood who slots in there, which you don't want to take away from his running game. So, um, yeah, all in all, in the way the squad's set up, I don't mind it, but there is a concerning lack of coverage there. I, the, the thing I concern I have with the Eels is, even though it, you know, got a solid squad, sometimes when you, you know, make a grand final, you get attacked, you know, people take your, your players or blah. But I also don't think that they've capitalised on that grand final either. Like that's where you can get 
guys that uh, are coming up through the grade or fringes or whatever for, for massive unders because you say, we're a top-tier side. Like, come here. It can change your career. I don't really see where they've done that, the Eels. So let me know, both of you, where what Parramatta would achieve by having uh, – I understand the coverage of if the starting number nine, who's an 80-minute and sole hook in the squad, goes down, who goes to hook? I understand that. But what would two relatively similar players who are going to offer a bit but largely are going to be there to service their star halves and fullback, what will Parramatta achieve by running the dual hooker combination? Do you well, think? I just, and taking up another bench spot that could go to a utility back or another mm, middle forward or whatever well, I just be. think you get high-quality service throughout the game for the whole game. Um, I also think that... They should have, like, it's almost like they've, well, they have. They've recruited intentionally to not carry a hooker on the bench, whereas I think that's wrong. You should recruit to have a guy that can play hooker but also other positions. And I think it's been evident for a few years now that that needs to be the case. So I understand the argument of when you look at the squad they have right now, is it worth carrying hands and Lusick when they're relatively similar? It's not like you're bringing on a super explosive ball-running Hooker, you know, um, whether it's Lussick or Hands. I will say Lussick does seem physically like a guy that could probably slot somewhere else, like a 13 role, maybe give Hopgood a bit of a break sometimes. Um, I've got one for you. Yep. Whip together predicted 17s for every club in the NRL during the week. scplaywork.com.au, great read. Go and check it out. Uh, and I did Parramatta, and I was just I was looking at this exact thing. And I think it was, it was before the chat of... Uh, of what Arthur's quotes came out. What about Dion Arcee, who looks like, I think he's such an excellent talent. He's very versatile, can cover halves, can cover centre, potentially other positions in the back line. I don't know if he could figure as a number nine, even for like 15 minutes a game. But if they do want to run with a big minute hooker, he could be a terrific number 14 for them. It just cover a lot of different positions. If he could cover number nine at a pinch, Tremendous little utility. Who are your centres in your Parramatta side? Because I, I thought Assi would probably land out there somewhere. I had Simon... Let me get it up. Simonson and Pensini? Yeah, and then... Uh, or Sean Russell was there too. Sean Russell? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I like Assi. I think he's very, very talented player, range of positions, but I think I'd rather have him as one of my centres, personally. Well, I think you've got to make a decision uh, in the squad of, okay, what is Assi to us? Is he an outside back? Is he utility? Is he a backup half? Because uh, at the moment, and look, we don't know what they've done in this preseason, so that may have changed. But it did look like last year that they were a bit unsure as to what he was. Like, was he the backup to? He did play that when he first came in. He played really well, but then he, you know, struggled a little bit. Um, yeah, I think they need. I oh, just I look at the the Eels squad and I'm like, it, they don't recruit aggressively. But at the same time, there are just parts of it where I don't really know what the direction is. Like, there are key areas where you're like, Junior Polo, um, Regan Campbell-Gillard, you know, all those guys is like, yeah, top tier, elite. But the areas around it, you're like, I just don't know what direction they're heading. I think Tim does make a valid point uh, about, you know, they are two hookers that are very, very similar. What do they gain? Like, I wonder if there'd be some legs in Paramount. Like, I'm looking at the Canterbury Bulldogs, for example. I'm looking at that side that's got Kurt Mann, Jake Turbin, who I probably don't... Kurt Mann probably on their bench, but two hookers there that I think Parramatta could do with. What's Parramatta got? Way too many forwards. Mm. What does Canterbury not have any of? Mm. Like if you were to do like a little loan deal there, you could potentially get a decent little nine. Like I'd be, I'd, I'd be happy to see Kurt Mann play fourteen for Parramatta. Do you think that Parramatta's forward depth 
is as strong as it we it was a couple of years ago. I actually think they're quite their their depth in the forwards is quite shallow. But I, you know, well, I mean, Maddo's not making the starting side, in my opinion. Like you, you'll have, I, I think Bryce Cartwright locked one of those spots last year. Do we agree? You, yeah. Then you got Lane on the other side. Lane, hop good hop at good. thirteen. So you got Maddo. At, but then you've got what? Often Gowie. Often Gowie. Tuolangi probably struggles to make the 17 for them. If they happen to go for a four like middle slash edge forward bench, as a result of having an 80 minute hooker, he might creep in. If they do go like a utility back or if they end up with a number nine on, at 14, uh, he probably misses the squad. I mean, like, who would the coach you also tends to use one of your forwards for 10 or 15 minutes. I think I'd rather have a Kurt mm. Mann or someone there. Who, who would you trade? Because I feel like you trade anyone from that squad, it's getting dicey. Yeah, I hadn't thought about who you trade, but. Uh, like, but like, if you go to Canterbury, like it's Max King. I don't even know who else is. Yeah, going to start oh, for sure, Canterbury. Right I mean, we'll get to it in the season preview. But yeah, front four. They are course. wildly short for front yeah. row forwards. Like, I think they'd be begging for a even a Makatoa. Mm. They like he'd be probably the second best front row forward the day he walks in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I will say in regards to your point of what do you do with the current roster they have? Disregard whether you agree with the direction or whatever. I still think there's an argument to be said that like. Will they may eventually turn out? But okay, here's a, here's a perfect example: Reed Marnie at the Bulldogs. Like he'd get to his like 60 or 70th minute, and he just worked himself to a standstill. And he's a guy that we know can play high quality 80 minutes. Um, and so I look at the Eels and I go, even with the current guys, the reason why I would probably have a rotation there is like, can they deliver the standard that needs to be delivered in the middle there? Like put it this way: Mitch Kenny could play 80. Even he gets rotated. You know, and that's a that's a Panthers with a stacked, like completely stacked side. So I, I just question whether are they going to be able to output the standard in the middle because it's so quickly for eighty, for so quick now for eighty minutes. I, th- I don't know. I think if you've got a running hooker, it becomes really difficult because they're gassing themselves in so many different ways. If they're conserving their energy by just being like good service tackle, that's your job, run when it's on. But like for Harry Grant to go to eighty minutes as one of the you know, most prolific running number nines Impossible. in the game, it's incredible. But I, I think for a, a different style of hooker, I think it's possible. Yeah, okay. okay. So you think that they could play at a level that could win a premiership? They're in a grand final? Again, this is why it's so squad dependent, because for the Eels and say it's Hans or Lussick, Brown, Moses, Gutho around him. So, yeah, I do, because they've got so much tack and so many points, and the job is get these blokes good quality service. I think for 80 minutes, I think they could do it, yeah. Even even Penrith and Broncos, who have better or arguably better people around them, have two hookers. Yeah, I'm not strong in either camp. I'm not saying it's right or wrong. I'm just – I think it can be done, yes. Yeah, okay, okay. Like I said, I know Harry Grant's a bit of a freak, but – Well, he he doesn't play 80. He he was put to the bench, and they were bringing on – Storm started a bit. Uh, towards the end of the year, they'll bring it on garlic. Yeah. garlic yeah. He was yeah. starting for the first 20. Yeah. So, you know, like yeah, 100% might be right and it yeah. might, might not be um, possible to do, but I'm just, I'm not in either camp strongly. Yeah, moment. okay. What do you I, reckon, Hammy? Well, I don't have the answers of who it should be or, or anything like that, but I, I do reckon these days you need, if you want to be a good team, you need two, two options there. You need to be able to give a guy a chop out, um, you know, Tigers go all in on Happy Chorus now, but and that's about all we got. But we're not we're not challenging for a title. I think the, the good teams and the ones that are doing the damage, um, because of how quick it is these days, you need to have two in there. So I don't know about the the comment there. Well, even even Happy, you go look at his stats. Sometimes he's missed like eight tackles, nine yeah. tackles, and that's because usually anyway, yeah, he's out there for bloody seventy to eighty minutes, yeah, 
tackling his ring off. He's a small guy, and he and he is an, a you know ball running kind of hooker role. As look, there may be a few exceptions that can do it. I just don't think I think the modern game mm. has gone past the eighty minute hooker. As I said, unless you're Cameron Smith or one of the greats, the top tier ones. I just don't think it's good squad management. Like even you look at the Rabbitohs, like Havili, he can play hooker for sure. Like he definitely, I mean, he, he played a lot of hooker before he come to the Rabbitohs. I'm trying to think of a, a top tier side that doesn't have two hookers now. Mm. Well, it's Blake Braley. Oh, yep. That's about it. Yeah. And would you? And like a lot of people would consider them not a top tier side. Yeah. 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 Fair. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and Blake Braley is probably the only one that I can think of that. Reese Robson plays eighty, but generally has Granville as cover on the bench. Yep. I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Does he? They did they reduce his minutes a little bit last year? Could you just check his minutes last year, Reese Robson? Um, Reese Robson's another guy. I, I think sometimes the eighty's not good for him. I think that it's it's because he he has a, he actually has a decent ball running game for sure. Um, he could be super effective. In oh, 60, super effective! Like He's almost as big as a lock. Yeah. I mean, they also got Ruben Cotter. Yeah. They can. Um, they've got cover. Yeah. Yeah, they got cover there. So. Yeah, uh, I'd love to know what your guys' thoughts are in the comments section in regards to the 80 minute. Are you do, are you a big believer? Not an 80 minute hooker can absolutely work, um, or do you believe that you know the game's kind of moved into that because it, we're so explosive through the middle? Because the wrestle is a bit a little bit less, play the balls are quicker. Is it harder for a, a hooker to play 80? Jeez, Ruben Cotter, like we've just said, like how how valuable like a Havili is that can slot in there and play some number nine. I've got Cotter. Being like an international, like a Queensland origin, top quality forward, and can also be that man to cover number nine if required. Like he's so good. Mate, I've been I've been doing a bit of research, a little bit of research on the Cowboys. Like that roster should be absolutely challenging for a premiership. Yeah. Um, Maddie, yeah, you can't find any of them. Oh, that's like just you. great because yeah. no one would need that. <laughs> no, it's, no one needs that. Let the super coaches take care of it for you. Yeah, we got Give you, Timmy mate. about eight seconds. Oh, yeah. okay, super coach. Give me one, mate. Uh, oh. Last last five games, last year, minutes for – that's not the right bloke. That's Ruben Cotter. <laughs> He's on Reece your mind. Robson, yeah. He was an 80-minute man. 80-minute man? Yeah. Okay. See, I don't like that. Mm. I don't – especially when you've got blokes that, you know, for example, Granville can come on and, and that is an explosive – It's weird when you've got Granville there, isn't it? Yeah, very strange. Good if you're a super coach uh, who's got him in your team. More minutes, more Yeah, points. I get it. As a super coach man, I get it. Yeah. I got a, I got a tip of the year for your boys. Tip of the year. Hit us. And this this is gonna be big. This is big. It's coming out of nowhere. You know, a lot of people are gonna look back to this clip and say this might be the greatest call in sports sports uh sports bet history, but also super coach history. Yeah, responsibly. Sam Walker. Ooh. I think he's in for a like sports uh sports bet wise, but also super coach wise. Uh I think he's in for a massive year. Stats wise, there you go, boom, gave it to you. And Thank anytime try scorer wise as well, obviously. Whatever you want, yeah. yeah anytime try scorer, absolutely. Big, big on sports bet, but also big on super coach. Sammy Walker. I am an absolute sucker for Sammy Walker when it comes to super coach, and often only an okay year last year. He starts pretty cheap as well, can save you the money. Exactly, there. exactly. He's locked in that jersey now. Like I highly doubt he's getting dropped. It's moving more towards being his team. He's hot too, which helps. Do you get points for being hot in Supercoach? I think so. There you go. I quite like it. Thank you. There you go. Look, I told you, call of the year. Call of the year. So you're high <laughs> on the Roosters then? I'm not sure about the Roosters. I don't know. I've, I've got to think about that a bit more, but I'm high on Sam Walker. We have to remember this guy was a, like the mm. next generation. He was the guy. He came out a thousand tries, all that good stuff. 
Then last year, because he's out of sight, out of mind, he's going to be cheap. Everyone's not going to be thinking about him. Boom, comes on, kills it. Will he be your mosh bounce back at the end of the year once he's won a Daly M and a few Supercoach? Oh, it's already locked in. I've got yeah. the script written. Good. Script written, right on the weekend. Walker's Supercoach score is very connected to the Roosters' form. And over the last few okay. years, one could argue mm. the Roosters promised the world. Yeah. Delivered in. Delivered in. Egg? Atlas. Atlas. Oh, See what sorry. I'm fucking working with here? This oh, is unbelievable. Sorry, Gary's already started printing the shirts and you can't even remember the catchphrase. <laughs> Jeez Louise. <laughs> what is going on? Oh, He's also delivered an egg shirt, so I don't know how much they're going to sell. We'll try well, I just no. saw roosters. I was like, <laughs> an egg? I don't know. The egg cracked and they cooked it. I don't know. I don't he's, know. He's also, speaking of some of the great comebacks, worked out how to goal kick as well. Big worked out a goal kick. We saw in those last seven games, he was in all the areas when it came to attack. They completely changed the game. They could actually score points. Look, guys, that one's for free. The next one's going to cost you. The next one's going to cost you an appearance fee on the beers and break even. <laughs> when, am I getting, when am I getting an invite? No, mate, we're willing to have you whenever. Is there a, is there a show to launch that, like, that we can get excited and pumped about or what? Yeah, well, you can reveal your team for 2023. I've got that written down, mate. That, that can be any time. We can do it literally right now if you want. Can be had that done in November. Yeah, mate. Unbelievable. That's why I'm devastated about the points being... You know, just to get a gauge. I know Supercoach is different, but just to get a gauge, you know. Are you promising an appearance on Beers and Break Evans? Yeah, I'll, I'll come on. Okay. I'll come on. Absolutely, oh. I'll come on. Um, <laughs> I just don't want to give away my secrets. You know, it's, it's going to change the game, oh, that's for sure. <laughs> it's going to change the game. Imagine if it's a shake-up. Yeah, shake-up. Imagine shake if one Supercoach this year. I imagine. Oh, well, done some pretty impressive things in my career, boys. <laughs> Supercoach might be the next thing. Might be the next thing. Like needs 50 grand. <laughs> 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 We do, mate. We're just struggling to keep the lights on, mate. Hey, we're battlers. We're battlers here at Block. Uh, but there you go. That one's free, guys. Sam Walker, throw him in. Guaranteed to win Supercoach. This is a paid advertisement from BetterHelp, our show partner this week. It's the start of a new year and we all have our own resolutions. Some of us want to get fit. Some want to learn a new skill. Some of us want to watch more footy. But there's a lot of us that probably just want to improve our mental health. If you're thinking of getting a hand with your mental game, get in touch with BetterHelp. Their services are entirely online and designed to work around you and your schedule. We all need a little guidance from time to time. As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash bloke. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash bloke for 10% off your first month. Uh, next, the Dragons. Uh, Dragons are reportedly in talks with Helam Luki and Finny Fuiaki. Uh, Flanagan has confirmed that Flanagan, his son, uh, and Hunt will be the halves in 2024. He also said basically that Flanagan can run the team and Hunt can uh, be the six, essentially. Like, he didn't say he can be the six, but wouldn't have to worry about running the team because Flano can do that. So... We were discussing the other week how we felt that Flano wasn't really a six. We felt at, at you know, the most, sorry, he's a seven, potentially even a nine. It seems that Flanagan agrees, as in Shane Flanagan, um, that I wonder whether they run out with six and seven on their backs because it's like almost more pressure. But let's just assume they are going to go all the way. Flano has a seven jersey. Hunt has the six jersey. Boys, what do you reckon? Yeah, look, as we said last week, uh, you know, when Volkman was available, he would have been my 5'8", because I think Flano is more of a 7. If Shane's going to run with this approach, I don't hate it. Um, it's just hard to imagine anyone else holding the keys to the Dragons other than Ben Hunt. Like, what? okay, so it's going to be, like, that's a key point there, because 
it is Ben Hunt's team through and through. And I, I just wonder, like, how do you say to Flano, you direct the team around, but at the same time, no, it's actually Hunt that is responsible for the team. It's a very, like, who's to blame them? Who's the reason for certain things happening? Especially when it was only a few weeks ago, as we read the quote the other day, that Shane was saying he's been signed as a hooker. Yeah, signed as a nine. It's, it's, a, it's a big flip to go from signed as a hooker when we've got two hookers mm. to you're leading this team around the park. Like, it's, it's a strange little turn, but this is the reality of the situation the Dragons find themselves in, isn't it? Timmy? I'm intrigued, concerned, excited about this. I don't know what's going to happen or how it's going to pan out. The concern is for obvious reasons, like for all the, what you just said, like how is this not Ben Hunt's team? But I'm excited because the idea of Ben Hunt is like not having to worry as much about steering the ship but just focusing on running the football and attacking rugby league. He's so good at that as a number seven whilst having to get the team around the park. So if Flano can come in and do a job and steer this team around while Benny Hunt just goes, all right, how do we penetrate? How do we penetrate? Where do we score points? That's exciting. But it's a lot of pressure on Flano to be able to do that. And I'm not – don't know if he can, don't know if he – I'm not saying he can't, but – It's an all-in call. It's an all-in call, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, it's, it's hard to be a halfback and dictate terms when your team's on the front foot. Reality is when I eyeball their forward pack, I don't think they're going to win the middle week in, week out. Uh, so it's going to be a big test, and you know that's the reality of playing halfback. If you, I don't care who you, are, outside of if your name's Andrew Johns, if your forward pack isn't winning the middle, it's bloody hard to be a halfback. Mm. One one thing that I do feel like playing under Shane, there isn't like Shane Flanagan knows tenfold more than the next best person about how Kyle Flanagan plays his rugby league. Mm. He will know it inside out and back the front about his strengths and weaknesses and he will play to them and he'll set his team around those. Can it work because of that? Maybe it can. Mm. Look, the, the, the part I like about it is the all-in nature of it. Like mm. we're not, you know, kind of like, oh, we put him in the sixth jersey and we'll see how it goes. Like it's going, oh, he's come out and said that he's going to get the team around the park and Benny Hunt doesn't have to worry about it. Um, ironically, in the if you were to look at what is the best setup to it, the highest chances of this working that actually probably is the best setup like like for example hunt at seven getting the team around the park and flanagan being the six that's like attacking weapon i don't think that's i think that's like one foot in one foot out you're kind of just going oh well we're putting him because we had an injury with volkman and all that kind of stuff so i like it from the the set of like very clear direction clear message to the boys but in practice when you're out on the field you know, when does Benny overcall? When, like, the amount of times that they were just getting dominated and Benny would overcall something and throw a big long ball to get him out of trouble, it's quite a lot. Who takes over the kicking? You know, Flanagan, Flanagan has a decent kicking game, but not great. Not, you know, whereas Hunt, uh, relatively long kicking game, if I, good, good 40 20, if I recall correctly, and a pretty good kicking game. He'll still do a lot of the kicking. You, you reckon? I think so. Yeah, I, I just, I, then, then, then there's that like weird, you know, is he the guy that's directing them out of the trouble? You know what I mean? It, it, it muddies the water a bit where it's very easy to go, okay, and I'm talking about Cleary, he's, you know, the best or whatever, but Cleary, you're the guy, you kick out of trouble, blah, blah, blah. When we get in attacking sets, Luai, shocking game, yeah. all that kind of... 
Whereas Nana gets in this weird, okay, Hunt, do you do all the kicking? When does Flanagan do the kicking? If you are doing all the kicking, there's no pressure on Flanagan. I'm excited to see how this works because if he makes it work, it'll be one of the better coaching kind of uh, results that we've seen in a while. Like sure. To go to the Dragons and everything that's happened around their half situation, we have to remember they're sitting right now. If, if you were assuming Volkman was going to start, this is their third, like if you went back 12 months, this would be their third or fourth, their fourth halves pairing with all the drama that's happened. So if Flano pulls this off, it, it's honestly, it'd be, I wouldn't say a miracle because we've seen Kyle Flanagan do well at the Roosters when he had Cooper, uh, sorry, Kiri. But Kiri's a very different player to Hunt. In saying that, I do think Hunt could play similar to Kiri with his running game. So it's super complicated, but it's going to be exciting. You're to right. See. Like a miracle might be a stretch, but you know, even those four or five halves options you just mentioned, like the only constant through there has been Hunt, who didn't want to be there three months ago. <laughs> Like it might not be a miracle, but it's going to be a bloody good knock to make this all work. That's well, assuming they don't have a single injury, nothing goes wrong. In good thing for the Dragons, the last quote from Ben Hunt was like, "Oh, as if he was going to resign." Mm. So, like that's the fact that he came out and was talking as if he's going to be there. Well, you know, we need to build towards the future, all that good stuff. You know, maybe Flano has really instilled some kind of uh, look. We know he can. Uh, we said it last week on the show. There's one coach you want dealing in chaos. It is literally Flanagan. Like this guy, I wouldn't say his whole career at the Sharks, but a huge chunk of it was surrounded in controversy and chaos. And he just backs against the wall, went on that incredible win streak, got the job done somehow. So like he does seem to thrive in these environments. I don't, I don't think they can worry, not worry, but get too zoned in on the idea of just like left and right corridors for their halves if they're going to do this. Like, and this is where I think the excitement comes out that – Benny Hunt, he's got to be a swinging 5'8", getting his hands on the ball as much as he can, particularly if he's not having to worry too, too much about getting them around the park. He needs to be swinging both sides right and getting as many touches as he can off the back of Kyle Flanagan, which, what can come of that? Well, look, put it this way. If Kyle Flanagan can play the best he possibly can play and Benny Hunt fully buys into this, I'm excited to see Benny Hunt one a bit right, like a little bit wider on the ruck and with more space being created by seven rather than like... You know, last year, Ben Hunt has to create all the space. Like, he has to create all his own space. Whereas Benny Hunt, a bit wider, like that, and, and everything working well, that's pretty exciting. I think as well, you know, if you, which it sounds like they will, if you throw Zach Lomax into the fullback role, you have him and Benny Hunt just playing eyes up. Oof, that is pretty. Like, it could be very dangerous. Yep. And if, if we always talk about, like, Benny Hunt goes down injured for them, like, they're just in all sorts. They still are, don't get me wrong, but... At least they've still got their main organisation yeah, there to get yeah. around. So there's a bit of insurance there. Yeah, uh, It really just all hinges on, you know, how does Kyle Flanagan play? Yep. Um, I mean, talk about pressure. Oh, my God. The media the first few weeks with him at seven, if it doesn't go well, is going to be like – I mean, I can't even describe It's going to be World War Three. Yeah, which is, you know, you go into being a halfback knowing that it's all on your shoulders. Mm. When you add in all these other factors – Dad's the coach preseason, or like everything. And I feel sorry for Kyle to be. Oh, I feel sorry for Kyle in general because he's come into first grade. He had to come into first grade and fill the boots of Cooper fucking Cronk at a new club. Like it's been tough from the start, but the expectation now is going to be huge. I tell you what, got the mosh bounce back written already. Yeah. If Kyle Flanagan yeah. bounces back, yeah, absolutely. You know what they say about uh, pressure, though, boys. Max Bur- diamonds burst pipes or Max diamonds. Oh, okay. 
Is Kyle a pipe or a diamond? We're about to find out. 2024. We'll see. A pipe or a diamond? There you go. There you go. What do you think about the whole situation? Well, just got, I, I, I agree with Guru 100%. Bit of pressure from the old man just going, your team, you're running it. Mm. But Because um, like the, the, the headline is yeah. Hunt has been moved from seven in that team to six to accommodate Coach's son. Is that is that fair? Is that true? Like, you know, it's obviously true, but is it fair? You know, probably not, but it's still the headline that's going to be out there. Well, the headline's going to be he's been moved from nine to six to seven. Mm. If they want to paint that narrative, they can. Yeah, yeah. But i tell you what, how exciting would it be if the Dragons come out next year, Flano plays as good as we know he can, Hunt is killing it at six, mm. he loves it because we know how good his ball running is, and they go on this run. Like, that would be so good to watch. And I, I think Nathan and Ivan. It'll be the battle. And then, and then Billy and... and and Kev. Yeah. I think with Shane too, when you look back at that Cronulla Sharks premiership they had, like he had that forward pack absolutely humming mm. that year and they just went into every game going to war. And, you know, I look at that Dragons pack and I, I think it's one of the bottom four packs at the moment when you put them all on paper. Hopefully Shane can use that against them. Go, hey, no one's expecting shit. No one's expecting anything from this pack. Siege mentality. Mate, what what a if if Flanagan turns this club around, like what a uh, you know something to have on your resume. Like yeah. walking into what he's walked into with everything that's happened in the last few years at the Dragons, all the drama, all the like even it's even been a massive win. The fact that Ben Hunt is now being quoted quite positively as, as if staying, like that's a huge win for uh, Shane Flanagan off the yeah. bat. Like before Flano arrived there, he was gone. And then, you know, fast forward eight weeks, all of a sudden, Benny Hunt's giving out quotes that seem quite committed to the club. Like, I mean, that's... Like, if you were going to give a performance review of a preseason for a new coach, like, that's pretty big tick right there, just to get that sorted um, with, with everything else that's been going on. Um, and look, and this doesn't take away the fact they still handled the Volkman situation. Got, should have got a medal, medical, all that stuff, and Warriors should have, you know, got better scans or whatever. But there's been some wins for Flano. And I tell you what, we were speaking about it before the, the show. As a someone that enjoys the theatre of rugby league, I'm actually enjoying Dragons in the headlines all the time because we're talking about them. Whereas, like, I feel like, you know, last few years, there hasn't been that buzz around them all. And I know it's, you could say it's negative buzz and all this, but, like, we're, we're speaking about it with the Tigers. Like, yeah, I get it. As a Tigers fan, it's, you know, you're seeing the negative headline all the time. But you'd rather be in people's consciousness than not. And at least the Dragons right now, even though there's been dramas and, and all that kind of stuff, we're talking about them. Oh, look, we get to round one. There's so much to watch here. Yeah. How Flano goes at seven, how Ben Hunt goes roaming, Lomax in a new position, you know. Where does Bird play? Where, where does Jack Bird play? The, you know, the two hookers read in the preseason that Flano had been signed to play nine. They've got something to prove now. Yeah. Blake Laurie, has he learned to step yet? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, one of the great years from the big blocker. One of the good years from the big fella last year. Did he win a player of the year, the big fella? He was great. It was, it was actually his best season last year. He was great for him. Uh, anything else on the Dragons, boys? No. All good, mate. Uh, Tao Munga retires. Uh, played 87 games for Roosters, Cowboys, Broncos, Knights, Rabbitohs, and Dragons and represented Samoa three times. Shout out to Tao Tao Munga. Uh, any other rugby league news, boys? Just on Tao Tao, he would have been front and centre of the CBA 2011 class. Yeah. Um, yeah, crazy when you have a look back at his career, especially the last season. In his last three games of first grade, he scored six tries. Mm. Tao Tao, pretty yeah. impressive. His second last game of NRL, he scored three tries in a loss. Not too many guys 
scored a hat-trick in a loss. Uh, a guy that had so much ability. I think he played, what, five or six clubs there? Just injury. He's one of the great, really could have been guys if his body just held together. And mm. you saw that one year at Brisbane. He played 27 games that year. He so only good. played 87 in his career. Mm. And he absolutely brain- left centre for Brisbane that year. Yeah, big, big, like, Big centre. Yeah. Like, would hate to mark him. Really good fella too. So, uh, yeah, still, mate. 87 games. A very good achievement. Um, breaking news. Reynolds has limped off the training park. Can't put weight on his leg as he limps off at the Brisbane Broncos. Not what you want to hear on a Monday, that's for sure. No. No. But we do hear this from Reynolds quite a bit throughout seasons. Has been for the last five years and he tends to just... Bounce back. Toughen up and go for it. Mosh bounce back. Maybe he'll be our bounce back next week. Yeah. If you see him in the training, the training paddock, paddock, let us know. Yeah. Mosh bounce back. Yeah. His season was over last week. Now he's back to training. Yeah. Um, maybe he's getting that Queensland, a bit of Queensland itis. I was about to say that. Yeah. You know, Taking just one of our own. He's just like, you know, everyone's a bit worried. Oh, okay. Broncos are going to be soft without uh, Reynolds. No, no. He's good to go. He's good to go. Um, uh, Cleary was uh, basically, I, uh, sorry, Nathan Cleary quoted saying it's sad, opens up on an emotional toll. Of Luai leaving for the Tigers, um, Cleary said, I played alongside Romy my whole Penrith career since we were 15 years old, which makes it even tougher. It's sad. It's also a business, and he needs to look after his beautiful young family. He had so many people in his ear asking him what he was going to do, so I didn't want to be that guy asking. He's also at the stage of his career where he can make decisions for himself. We all found out at the same time that he was leaving. I never could have pictured Romy in another jersey. Now he's security future. We can focus on this year and try to make a special. It'll be, it's my last ride with him very fast and furious-esque which is scary you don't want nathan cleary channeling vin diesel he comes out with a shaved head it's over oh. <laughs> 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 all right live life quarter mile at a time baby if he says that give him the trophy or down yeah <laughs> playing in fast and furious says it's all about family as well yeah that's that's the great vin, yeah, vin diesel yeah Synergies everywhere you look. The, uh, the Fast you know what? That's probably going to be Penrith Panthers theme. Family. Fast and Furious for the year. Imagine if it is. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the other scary thing: how many sequels of Fast and Furious are there? Boom! How many sequels are Premierships? Holy yeah. shit! Well, that's the problem with Penrith and all their success, and they keep losing players, and because they're such a tight knit group, every single year they're losing someone. The staple that's never going to leave that club, you wouldn't imagine is Nathan Cleary. So every year Nathan Cleary's is going to have this final swan song with his best mate, and then his other best mate, and then his other best mate. And he's going to win want to, want to win one last comp with that bloke. Next year it'll be Dylan Edwards. The year after it'll be Liam Martin. They're just, it's not going to work. Yeah, I don't think it gets bigger than this one, though. It's a big one. This yeah. is his hardest partner since he's... But maybe they, they were going down the list. They were like, okay, how do we? who do we keep? Okay, well, he's his 10th best friend, so we'll get rid of him first. <laughs> Ninth best friend. And they just kept chopping until they got... We've only got one less. He's literally yeah. his best mate. Yeah. Um, Maybe until his brother in 10 years, Tom. Yeah. <laughs> Cut <Yeah>. his brother. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, Look, this, it's scary, but you look at this Panthers roster, and I know they lost Critter, and I think Critter is going to be a bigger loss than people believe, and, and Lennon as well, but mainly Critter. Um, there's an argument to be made. They're as strong as they've ever been. Uh, you've got Taylor and May coming back in, Tungo on the, on the other centre there. You've got Taruva with another year of first grade. Uh, To'o, strength to strength every single year. This kind of motivation, like this isn't just kind of any player in their squad. Like He is the heart and soul of this squad when it comes to like off the field. It's a big motivation heading into 2024. Like, they are, fa- in my opinion... They're favourites to win the comp this year. 
without a doubt, they are favourites to win this competition. Um, you have a look at last year and what they went through and everything. Like, it took them four months to work out how they were going to work at nine. They've got that sorted out. They know it's going to be Mitch Kenny. There's going to be no screwing around there. They're a team you don't want to play come September. Imagine come September when Jerome Lewis got three games left. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's almost a perfect storm from. Yeah. And, you know, they are going to miss Critter so much. I think they're going to miss the icing on the moment. Those real key moments that Critter comes up with. But Taylor May comes back into the side. There's a couple of other young guys there like like Jesse McLean and a few others that will be able to come in the side. And for me, I think the biggest one, though, is if I'm Nathan Cleary, I'm sitting there going, I just won my third premiership in a row. I had the biggest comeback in grand final history. What can't I do? Yeah, the confidence is going to be through the roof. Through the roof. They are favourites, 375. Wow. We're in the middle of history. We are. We Enjoy are it. in the middle of the history. It is unbelievable, the incredible uh, club they've set up over there. Uh, now, uh, Sixers defeated the Brisbane Heat uh, to advance to the Big Bash final. Packer up derby, domestic. Packer up cup. Yep. Uh, thoughts Thoughts on the, the Sixers beating the uh, Brisbane Heat, boys? Well, they did it pretty easily, didn't they? Moises on Reeks coming good at the right time of the year. They're looking good, the Sixers, and they're going to be, they'll have the home final as well. We could have another, we could have a repeat of the Packer Up Derby on Wednesday, which would be pretty tense in here, I would have thought, of Broke HQ. <laughs> Glad I'm not going to be around for Tuesday and Wednesday. Um, <laughs> cut the tension with a chainsaw in here, I reckon. Uh, but I do think, and I said this actually on uh, Cricket Playbook with Timmy uh, a couple of weeks ago, that the the strikers um, were going to be maybe the, the ones to watch. It. They were about 13 bucks at the mm. time. One point in the season, the strikers were $81 to win the comp. They're under $4 now. Shit. Uh, so congrats if you got around them at the price. They're with uh, four spinners in their team, spin-friendly conditions at the, at the SCG. Could play into their hands if they can get, but they got to get past Kempy's boys tonight. Obviously, the Brisbane, Brisbane Colt, Heat, which is a bit, yeah, the Brisbane. Well, well, hope, for your sake, we're hoping they're not the Brisbane Colt. Hoping the Brisbane Heat turn up, but um, it'll be one to watch there tonight for sure. One to watch for sure. <laughs> Timmy, uh, yeah, mate, the mighty Sydney Sixers. Benny Dwarsh is five for twenty-one uh, in that last game, and. Year on year, he's one of the top wicket takers of all time in the Big Bash, and he seems just to be underappreciated every single year. He delivers for them in the big games. Uh, he'll do it again for them in the final, and Sixers will tell him up. Have to pick it. Who's winning it? Sixers. Strikers. Okay, so Sixers, Strikers? Yeah. Strikers will win tonight. They'll play Sixers in the final. Sixers will demolish them. Conditions that suit? Yeah, I know. Lloyd Pope with a uh, well, point that's to it. prove that, against the team that cut him. That's Smoke it. billowing out of the SCG again. Pope Mobile parked out the front. That's the issue with her. Who's, the, who's his scriptwriter? Couldn't get much better than that for Lloyd Pope. <laughs> are we are we at the Gabba tonight? Uh, no, where it's uh, no because this is the thing. The Gabbatoire, they were just laying waste to teams, the Brisbane Heat or Cold, yeah. and then well, since they've gone to Carrara down to Metricon, they've become yeah, the right. Brisbane Cold and they're playing there again tonight. So Gabba not overly spin friendly. So Carrara though, yeah, better, better much better for the strikers. Yeah. Yep. Uh, well, exciting times though. <laughs> exciting time. <laughs> Very exciting times. Uh, tips. Let's get the tips. All right, let's do it. Um, so what I want to get from you guys uh, for next week's show, I want to get what day do we think the Gabba test will finish? It's a day-night test. Don't forget, pink balls swinging around up there um, in Brisbane. So I'd love to get what day we think that game will finish. Who wins the, uh, the game tonight? The, effectively the prelim for the Big Bash. Your winner for the Big Bash as well overall. And finally, the big one that happens over the course of the weekend on Saturday, your Triple J Hottest 100 winner. Um, 
I know you've been studying the form guide there, Kempi, and uh, and listening to plenty of plenty of tracks, um, plenty of homegrown with uh, Casey Guzzles or whatever his name is who hosts it. Um, so let's go. Let's start from the top. Start with the cricket with the Test match. What day do we think this game is going to finish? Um, day two. Day two. Mm. Yep. Day two. What's day two coming in at? Now markets not up just yet. Mm. Bit of weather going around. Bit of bit of Brisbane heat and cold going around all week up there. They're, they're going to wait uh, until a little bit closer to kick off to uh, to give us the markets. But you'd imagine you're going to be getting more value for day two, like like last test. Yeah, I'm going to go day two as well. Yep, there'll be a lot of value there. I'm going to go day three, but a big smoky is mm-hmm. day five because I'm just looking at the the old Bureau of Meteorology, and I'm sure the sports bet crew will be all over this, but. Zero to 70 mils of rain on Saturday and zero to 35 on Sunday. So if that team's down, um, yeah. Not sure if uh, Tim Williams or Tim Bailey over there yeah. with, uh, with the weather report. If that comes down, it could be a day fiver. So you're going to go day five? No, I'm going day three. Day three. Yeah, I'm going to go day three as well. I think Who uses the bomb to make their predictions? I use the Bureau religiously, mate, <laughs> for every as- facet of my life. And, uh, and it's often wrong. Maddie's just texted his in uh, from the back of the studio there. Day two, he reckons, in the emergency 30 minutes at the end of the day's play. So see how that one... I reckon in the emergency 20 minutes. Emergency 20 minutes? <laughs> <laughs> the last 20. Yeah. Guru? Emergency 10 for me. Yeah, emergency 10. <laughs> Crunch okay. time. Very good. Looking forward to that one. All right, now what about tonight? What about t- obviously you're going to go with your boys? Yeah, imagine. yeah. The Brisbane Heat. They'll be called the Brisbane Heat after it. I don't think they can afford to actually get a name change, so they're going yep. to plan for that. And they'll win. You think they'll win the comp as Absolutely, well? Absolutely, of course. Beautiful guru tonight uh, and the comp. I'm going to take the strikers to win tonight, and I agree with Tim. The Sixers get it done in the final. Yep. Yep. Same. Yep. Beautiful. And I'm going to go uh, strikers, strikers. I think. And to bring us home, the hottest 100. Who you got here for us, Kempi? I have uh, adore you, Fred again. <laughs> Great track. And I really just think there's something about it. Fred, again, he's hot right now. Yep. Everyone loves him. Everyone wants to be around him. And I think Aussies are going to get around him. Yep. 15 bucks as well, Kevin. Yeah, You've hundred a bit bucks. of value out yeah, there yeah, yeah. in the hot 100. Guru? Value. I do not have the slightest clue, so I'm going to go he for... He literally doesn't listen to music. Yep. Don't like listen to music. Like serial killer stuff. No time. Yeah. Couldn't find Kenny Rogers, the gambler, on here. So I am going for Rush, which is by Troy with an E on the end of his name, <laughs> which is bold. Choice of 475. Now there's a few sites. And here. homegrown. Troy, homegrown, Savan. Take your word for it. Could he be anything of the music world? He quite possibly <laughs> He's could young. be. He's actually really talented. I, I don't mind Troy. Okay. I don't mind Troy. I, oh, I like his music, actually. Actually. Yeah. yeah. Not enough to obviously select him, but... You don't well, I, I know the song Rush. Yep. And I just... Uh, there's other... So- like, Fred, again, I think was bigger than Rush. Okay. Yep. Um, so, yeah. Back in there, Timmy. Uh, Vampire, Olivia Rodrigo. <laughs> absolute banger. Yep. 21, so be outsider. If you're on a, a real outsider... Uh, I think at 251 bucks, I'm just Ken by Ryan Gosling. Huge overs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, from Barbie. If the Barbie contingent really starts to poll, poll the votes in and get amongst it, yep. that's coming in in value. Yep, very good. And I think uh, Matty also had Adore You by Fred again. I'm going Rush too. Um, I priced this up myself and I had it probably second favourite. You're going favorite. Rush? I'm going Rush. Because of the homegrown? Yeah, because of the homegrown factor. I think what we said, we're, we're leaving out the favourite, the $1.80 favourite, Paint the Town Red by Doja Cat, which I think, you know, Banger, but, you know, a bit boring. To <laughs> Certified. Certified banger. So whoever finishes highest, that's how we'll settle that one. But uh, that's on Saturday this week. So um, looking forward to the Triple J Hottest 100 as well. Okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Yep. Sounds good. Uh, brought to you by Sportsbet, uh, as always. Uh, and uh, we are done and dusted. We are done and dusted. Uh, as usual, we'll go and fuck ourselves. Thank you.
Imagine what you could be buying instead. For free and confidential support, call the number on the screen or visit the website.